For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Mail has a look at weather this morning and it's quite interesting if you look at the, some of the statistics. Uh, Europe warms at twice the world average when it comes to our temperatures of late. And October apparently was warmer than May this year. Weather conditions continuing to fluctuate too fast for nature to keep up, says a climatologist this morning. And last month was the 17th consecutive month that was warmer warmer than usual. Uh, but it's not going to last, obviously, because we're going into winter. And the headline this morning is that snow isn't too far away. We shall have to wait and see. Um, most of the papers this morning have on their inside pages... Um, Father Sean Sheehy um, and he makes the front of all of the red tops Um, it was an interview yesterday uh, with um, uh, Radio Kerry Uh, one of the questions that was asked was as to whether or not um, you know the likes of uh, Leo Varadkar who is a a gay man himself and soon to be Taoiseach again uh, and in a gay relationship whether he'll go to hell or not if he doesn't repent for his sins Uh, and Father Sean Sheehy said absolutely uh, Leo Fury at Hellrand Priest is the front of this morning's sun. Uh, Leo, I'm not going to go to hell for being gay is the front of the star today. Uh, and they talk about uh, the Tanishta hitting back at the priest comments and other politicians as well. Uh, when you drill into the story, of course, we everybody probably knows at this stage what Sean Sheehy said in his controversial homily, anti-gay comments, uh, also um, talking about the lunacy of transgenderism uh, and indeed uh, same-sex marriages and abortion. So it makes all of the papers today. Uh, I'm not going to hell is the front pager also making this morning's mail. Leo dismisses priests gay go to hell rant. Um, and uh, the issues will obviously not go away anytime soon. I hope to talk with uh, Father Sheehy after 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, the Association of Catholic Priests in Ireland is now urging the Bishop of Kerry uh, to uh, sanction Sean Sheehy by banning him from celebrating Mass and other sacraments because of his controversial comments. And the County Cork Parish Priest Father Tim Hazelwood, who I've spoken to in the past, says that the majority of priests are absolutely appalled by what Father, Father Sheehy said in his homily. Uh, and Tim says he puts himself in the position of God to make judgments, uh, said Tim Hazelwood. Uh, and he lamented that the 80-year-old priest has a lack of contrition for the hurt that he has caused. So many, many columnists on that this morning. And also in the inside pages of uh, the broadsheets, the good old-fashioned letters to the editor. Uh, not everybody writing particularly, say, for instance, to the Irish Times this morning, um, disagrees. Not everybody disagrees with Father Sheehy. So that's in the inside pages. Uh, Very, very sad news. The death of a wonderful 42-year-old Cork man from y'all. And uh, that news was breaking when I was coming off air yesterday morning. Jonathan Tobin of y'all passed away. Um, And I know that uh, at um, when I was away recently, Mick Mulcahy and the lads here were talking to the family of Jonathan Tobin on the air. We were part of trying to put together, uh, actually successfully helping to put together a GoFundMe uh, to get Jonathan home from Greece. He had an accident back in uh, Greece and apparently the family got that awful phone call uh, to say that he um, had been found floating face down in the water. And uh, his man was saying that he seemingly had been there for like 12 minutes and uh, um, uh, eventually got him out of the water, gave him CPR on the beach and then an ambulance came. This is in Greece. And he was taken to hospital. They wanted Jonathan to come home. Um, and eventually then this story was raised in the doll. 
uh, and the government organised for him to be flown home by air ambulance uh, and that happened last week and he passed away peacefully at the CUH on Tuesday evening and he survived by his parents Margaret and, and Shane uh, and his uh, two brothers, Ryan and Aaron. Funeral arrangements are being finalised and our thoughts are with the family. It's so tragic and it's so, so sad. But they released an update and this is probably the mark of how wonderful a family they actually are and uh, what a beautiful son uh, and brother. The original intent of the GoFundMe, they said, was to fly Jonathan home, uh, aided uh, from Greece because we had no government assistance at the time. But with intervention then of Sean Sherlock, Jonathan was flown home under the Treatment Abroad Scheme and the funds now are no longer needed, the GoFundMe. So with the goodness, with the goodness that people had in their hearts giving to the GoFundMe, we ask now that those same people request a refund from GoFundMe. Uh, There's a large amount of friends, family and fundraisers who would like to leave some money in the GoFundMe for the Tobin family and that will cover the funeral costs and their own reimbursements. But the GoFundMe will be updated and all those who donated should get an email asking that you do this. Uh, there's an option at the end of the GoFundMe uh, and funds should go back into your account within seven to ten days. I mean, that is an incredibly kind, kind gesture. Uh, and I suppose it's just giving back, as they said themselves in the email they sent to me. We can never thank people enough for the generosity and support. People are really amazing. Uh, Such a sad story. Uh, But at least he was home, uh, back in Cork with his family and passed away peacefully. Papers also this morning talk of derelict sites. And God knows we've got enough of them here on Leaside. It's a front page on the Echo today where the um, derelict sites campaigners, Frank O'Connor and Jude Sherry, say that they have identified 700 derelict properties within a two-kilometre radius of the city centre. And that is absolutely shocking. Uh, For whatever reason, um, you just can't make this stuff up as to why so many buildings and properties would be derelict. And it's leading then uh, to a contribution of fires within those properties or those properties being used as hotspots for drug use and antisocial behaviour. That's a front pager making uh, the uh, echo today. And it really makes no sense to me because then the Independent is talking about there was a proposed initiative that should have happened and didn't because they missed the deadline on it on clamping down on Airbnbs, you know, trying to clamp down on Airbnb rentals and short term lets. These were part of the wide ranging key housing targets the government missed, but they miss most targets, don't they? Uh, a new register was supposed to have been set up for Airbnbs and you had to register and you'd be in trouble if you didn't. Kind of, none of that happened. It's, it's a bit like the, the program to compulsory purchase vacant properties. That didn't happen either. So all sorts of delays there. And you got to ask the question yet again, why are the most important things delayed constantly? The things that really, really matter. There's a lot of talk about turkeys and Christmas in the papers today. Bird flu threat to our turkeys is a story in this morning star. In fact, uh, all of the red tops today talk about that they could well be a shortage of turkeys this Christmas time because the avian population is facing a devastating winter. According to the Red Tops, hundreds of millions of birds worldwide are dying from the latest strain of flu, avian flu. And, of course, I was telling you earlier in the week about um, um, the uh, dead swan in a cavern. Um, that had bird flu. And the problem with that, of course, is that it got into uh, many other different species of birds and amongst them the turkeys. But the Mail this morning says that the butchers and farmers are now saying that they'll have absolutely no choice but to raise the cost 
um, of, say, for instance, turkeys and hams by anything between 20 and 40% this Christmas. And a lot of us to do with rising energy bills and also transportation costs and maybe... They'll even be dearer because there could well be a shortage. Uh, there are other money stories making the papers today. I don't know whether you're in the good books or the bad books, but apparently 110,000 taxpayers are going to get rebates from revenue and letters will be going out. But at the other side of it then, there's 140,000 others, so 110,000 money coming back and 140,000 who've underpaid and the revenue will be called and looking for another few bob. And one of the reasons, of course, that we can't keep doctors or nurses or teachers or many people in different professions has to do with money. And there's a story in the mail this morning saying that nurses are being driven away. Two and a half thousand nurses left, well, certainly left the profession and probably all left Ireland, two and a half thousand of them in 2021. And you've seen the ads on the billboards and all of the newspapers and on this radio programme with Australia and New Zealand looking for nurses and midwives. So two and a half thousand left while 5,000 joined which is only a net gain of two and a half thousand. And we're relying more and more on more now for nurses and midwives from overseas to come in and to work here. And then something I'll be coming back to a little later on is kids playing sport. Uh, Some people are calling this snowflake gone mad or wokeness gone crazy. But in the UK now, parents are being banned from cheering their kids at youth soccer matches to shield the youngsters from abuse. How cheering your old child could be abusive, I have no idea. They don't want them to be silent on the touchline, but just polite clapping. Just polite clapping for everybody on the pitch, not just your son and daughter. They're saying that the opposite, of course, to cheering your kid is that somebody else, if your child makes a mistake, might roar and scream and shout and abuse them. I don't know. I don't know. Are we skilling up our kids really for the world that lies ahead of them or not? I just don't know. And another one then, which is the biggest travesty they've seen in a long, long time. And that is that Celebration are taking the bounty suite out of the Celebration tub. Can you believe it? That's why we have a headline this morning. The mail says mutiny on the bounty. They're, They're putting out trial boxes to ditch to see if they'll roll it out completely. So... All hope is not just lost just yet, but it's not looking good for the bounty in the celebrations box because apparently they say it's the one that's always left at the end of the box that nobody seems to want to eat. That makes no sense to me because I've said it numerous times before. Me personally, it is my favourite sweet or chocolate treat in the celebrations box. Anybody else out there love the bounty? I mean, if you were going to take a sweet out, surely be to God, it would be the Milky Way the most boring sweet or chocolate in the box, followed by maybe, I don't know, uh, well, I mean, you wouldn't take the Snickers out. That's a winner. You probably wouldn't take the Galaxy out. You might take the Mars out, but you'd certainly take the Milky Way out ahead of the bounty, don't you think? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Lines are open on 08... Well, you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I have a world of texts and emails to get through and calls as well. We'll start with calls after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Uh, just a warning to homeowners, Neil, that there are rogue builders out there again doing guttering, cleaning. This is their season. Once they get on your roof... They'll break tiles and charge you uh, to get them fixed. They'll break them when they're up there. They'll ask for cash 
or they'll get your card details. I'm sending you some pictures from a job last week that we had to go in to try and fix after these guys. We're coming across a lot of it late, lately, says Jim. Point to be made as well that this is probably the season as well with leaves around there and all sorts of stuff on your roof and getting into the gutters and they use that as a way of saying, you know, we've been doing work on the estate here and we've noticed that yours are bad too. We've noticed you've got a couple of dodgy tiles up there. Jim is suggesting you be very careful about who you allow do that work because they'll even go so far as breaking the tiles when they're up there to show you what they need to replace. It's shocking, but you need to be on red alert. Text 0868104106. To the phone lines we go. Lots to do this morning. Jim, good morning. Morning, Neil. My apologies, pal. I got your email um, Monday and I didn't get to it on Tuesday, so apologies that it waited till Thursday. You want to see if people could just sit up and take notice, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just a, an issue that was that I came across myself. You know, when you you know this this bonus scheme that the government has given out the two hundred. Yeah, people will start seeing it as a credit you know, on their bill. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a whole it's it's just a whole scam because they're actually giving it out in one hand and taking it back in the other at the fuel pumps because the minute the minute these bonuses were given out, the fuel the fuel rose immediately. When you say fuel now, what are you talking about home heating oil? Are you talking about I'm diesel, talking about petrol, e- e- electric? Everything, diesel and petrol at the pumps with, with extortion it again. I mean, when you can physically feel the effect when you're, filling, when you're putting fuel in your car, when you can actually physically feel the difference how long it takes to Oh, totally you can. Absolutely you can. More so. But, I mean, there was a time when it was an awful lot worse, when it was 210, 215, 220, 225. Remember? I do, but when diesel came down there to 180, had a few weeks ago, it went back up to over two years again. So yeah. The board yeah. just paid out. Yeah. 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 And you think, you, know, that that's and in, you think that we're gullible oh, and it's absolutely. intentional? Oh, oh Absolutely. But yeah, there's, nothing, um, there's nothing that we can actually do about it if the government doesn't intervene or cap it, but, or do something. But, 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 but it's not the government that wants me to be the tall needs. It's the government that's doing this. In what way? The, 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 the tax returns on it. They're, getting, they're, they're, getting, they're not actually giving you any, any money. They're getting it back again. Of course, they're getting it on access, on, on excess. On, on, on excess, on, on, on fuel, fuel excess. Yeah. You know, and um, people are just roped into it, and, and they're, they're gullible, as you say. And like when before the, this this fuel rise now again, I could have put in me say twenty euros, right? Yeah. And you get to get one hundred and sixty kilometers, one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty kilometers on twenty euro. On twenty euro. Okay. Now I I I've did this now intentionally since 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 this fuel thing and. I don't do about 110, 115 kilometres. Say from 160 to 115. Yeah. Yeah, on the same Definitely 20 euro that you put the bomb. But, but why is there such a disparity? I often wonder about it because it was up in Galway and Mayo and places at the weekend uh, where you, I'm only talking about unleaded now because I keep an eye on unleaded myself. You could pay 180, 182, 184, but yet down on the link road, um, you get unleaded for 175, 176, 177. I don't know why, why that is me, but you see... But you don't even have to go to different counties. Petrol stations all over Cork of different prices. I, I don't know why that is, but I did... 
I think the reason why the fuel the fuel fuel pumps are here with the rise is that because there are so, there's so much income on excess duty. Yeah, and we're to been taken so by gullib- as gullible mugs then by the government because exactly they yeah. actually like high prices because of the uh, excess they, that they charge on it. Exactly, that's the that's the whole that's the whole the whole idea of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know? uh, uh, the same could be said as well, I suppose, for the different bonuses that are being paid. It's all very well to say you're getting double children's allowance. That's fine, but it isn't really when everything's got much, much dearer. Should, yeah, but you see, they, 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 they give this little love sum and then they, they say the people are happy and they're getting a few quid at the end of the week. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're not. All right, my man, appreciate that. Text 0868104106. I'm emailing my absolute disgust at the bonuses being given out to social welfare recipients this week. Not that I feel they shouldn't get it. They should, 100%. My frustration comes from what other people should or shouldn't get. I'm on a wage of €330 Euro a week. My daughter, who gave up a job last year to go back to college, works four days a month and is entitled to no welfare. Between us, we have less than two dole payments in a household. We're not entitled to any allowance for fuel or any payment because we have a name for working in our household. My ESB and gas are on top-up cards. The country's a joke. Well, it is if you're Irish. My daughter's in her late 20s and worked for years, paying big taxes, but still is entitled to nothing. The country is making us racist to foreigners who seem to get everything that our own can't get. Love the show. And one final one then on that. I'm hoping you can read this out. I'm on a social welfare payment, uh, social welfare since April. I was getting the basic rate of 208 two weeks ago. Um, Sorry, I found out that my claim was being stopped and was given no reason. A month previous, I had sent in the means test form and I was told it was going to be looked at straight away. They just stopped the payment. But the means test form wasn't looked at. I rang last Monday and just as I thought would happen, I didn't have any money in my account this week. I'm now trying to run a house. And trying to run a house on €208 isn't fun, believe me, but I made it work the best I could. Between rising fuel costs and the cost of food shopping, there hasn't been one single nice thing in the house since I had to go on social welfare. I'm lucky to afford €25 a week on diesel for my car to see family. Before I get asked why I don't look for work, I have. I've tried for months and all the employers don't even have the decency to reply. What I find an absolute disgrace is the fact that I'm getting less than €118 a week now because I don't qualify for anything, including HAP. But you hear of refugees getting free accommodation and food. Uh, I honestly think we as Irish people deserve an awful lot better. We wouldn't get this treatment if we had a war and had to go overseas ourselves. But yet at home... It's different. I struggle along with many other people in this country and for refugees to get everything handed to them on a plate is disgusting when I have to live on little means. Uh, They get more than most people on social welfare and they want to pick and choose what they want. But we, as a nation, if we did this, we'd be told no straight away. Don't know how you're going to cope if that doesn't get reversed and things get sorted this side of Christmas because it can be a very expensive time, particularly with fuel costs and fuel bills going up as well. Meanwhile, something that I had wanted to do earlier but just didn't get a chat was a chance was to catch up for a chat with Sean Wren, uh, who of course is overseas and lives in warmer climates climates than the rest of us, and is suggesting that it makes an awful lot more sense for people, particularly the elderly, to go abroad at winter time. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And, and my apologies for not getting to you last time. Uh, I just didn't find the time on the day in question. But nice to catch so, up all the same. 
No, no, don't, don't worry. I've got nothing else to do, only sit in the sun all day and uh, speak to people like you. <laughs> no, Neil. The sun, um, sun shines all the time in Tenerife, I guess. It's eternal spring. The, the climate in Tenerife is called eternal spring. And do and people go nice. there in the winter time? do you think? Yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. Uh, lots of German people, people from the colder countries, lots of Irish people. But the thing, Neil, about us Irish is we are very um, home orientators and we were always a small island and we were always, let's say, um, not used to, we didn't have any immediate neighbours. We couldn't just drive from one, one country to the other. So it, we, we are very, very reluctant to leave Ireland, particularly on a semi-permanent or a permanent basis. Yeah. Our, our, our attitude is always two weeks holidays in the sun. Fantastic. Oh, I'd love to live here. Now, let's say we came, when we bought a house here in the year 2000 and between the jigs and the reels, we didn't have it until 2007 because everything is manana in Tenerife. It's slow, yeah. Uh, yes. And... At that stage, I didn't really want to come to come to Tenerife, and this is an awful lot of married people, particularly of our age. Yeah. Now, now I'm I'm going back what fourteen, fifteen years, but Susan wanted to come, and she said, "Well, if you're not coming, I'm going." So, <laughs> so she. <laughs> now, so you caused the shots in that relationship. <laughs> I know it, it's mutual uh, whether she was trying to get rid of me or what I don't know but now I know that wasn't true <laughs> and let's face it we, she and I we reared five sons it wasn't easy we ran a business things were not easy some people think that we had a very easy life rearing is anything but an easy life mm. and Susan needed the rest so off Susan came to Tenerife and I stayed working with Sean and Sue and she would come home to relieve step excuse me, release staff when they go on holidays and vice versa. And I would come here maybe once a month, once every two months, and things were hunky-dory. And we were both happy. And then uh, one day I got a phone call saying she had fallen down the stairs, broken her ulna, and um, I said to myself, this could be a call that she's dead. And I decided, okay, now I'm going. Yeah. Now, having said that, when I did come here, I found it very hard to settle at the first uh, instance because I didn't have a job and I was bored out of my, my yeah, day and yeah. I, That's the I, thing, I, you, people might say it might be okay for the first few weeks or the first month or two but then boredom would set in Yes, it depends on the type of person that you are but then having said that for, for, for people, I, let's say I'm going back I, I was 11 years younger but for people, let's say of uh, 70 plus there's Plenty outdoor activity, uh, Neil. You don't have to worry about going out and coming back soaked to the skin. There, there, is, there are Spanish classes. There are bowls. Yeah. There's walking. There's walking trips. Yeah. There's uh, wa- walking football. So there, there's, there's lots and lots of outdoor activity, which is very, very enjoyable. The people are very, very friendly. But are you suggesting that people should sell up and move? Is it or, or no, split no, no, the no. year or what? No, I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't advise anybody to totally set up. I think they should do it, po- as we say here, poker, poker, bit by bit. Come maybe for a month. Come maybe for three weeks. Uh, don't go to the Irish bars. Don't go to the uh, the, the touristy restaurants. Poke out the the look. Get get a feed of the ambience of the Spanish yeah. and the Tenerifeans yeah. yeah. and and it then then particularly learn the language. Yeah. And you, you, you will find you would be highly respected and very much helped 
if if you make an effort, and they really do help you. Okay. And as I said, there 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 are lots of, but most of all, it's the cost of living. You don't have any, uh, particularly for the Irish during the uh, the winter months. I, I I felt sad one day there when I heard. Um, uh, the elderly being advised to leave the oven door open. That's right. We got that extreme, yeah. Yes, yeah, put on an extra coat. Uh, put, put, uh, when you take that coat off, then you can put it on the bed. This is going back to when I was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is progression. Yeah. This, this, this is absolutely terrible. And it, it is, as well as that, people are very tied up with, with uh, minding grandchildren. And we've, we've people have reared their children, okay, to... Um, Oblige and and help out in emergencies, but grandparents and parents are not babysitters. No, they're not. But they still would. We'd be worried about not being close to family, not being close to home, loving their home or the house that they're in. They'd be very nostalgic about all of that. But but Neil, they're not going to uh, Mars. They're, they're they're only four hours away. And as well as that, they're, they're not at the start. They're not going for good. And I must say that. Um, when you are rearing children, when you are running a business and when you might be helping out with your grandchildren, you can lose each other. A couple can actually lose each other. And I, I, I found, that, let's say, when I came here permanently, that Susan and I, it was, it, was, it was like starting a new relationship all over again. And I can honestly say that we both admit now that we have never, ever been happier in mm. lives than mm. we are now. I mean, it's not just because people who are retired or approaching retirement or anything like that. An awful lot of people have relocated if they can work remotely. Um, I know of many who have gone to the likes of Barcelona, for instance, and, and others exactly. have gone to Greece and, and all over Spain and what have you, and probably the Canaries too. Um, you know, and they can, you know, the, you say things are an awful lot cheaper there. You're, you're advocating that people should just turn the heating off, lock up the house. If you're on a pension, you'll survive very nicely in, say, oh, the likes uh, of Tenerife. Yes. yes. And it, it may be not lock up the house or let your house on a, on a short-term um, lease, maybe six months or three months, whatever you want to do, you know, or, or help a friend out who might want to save to get married and say, OK, look, come in here and I'll give you this place. At, at yeah, a, because locking the house up, of course, does nothing to help the crisis, of course, you know. Of course, of course it doesn't, as well as that. Um, you still have to have some heating on, otherwise your house is going to go all... all yeah, yeah, but again, we wouldn't want to be advocating that people should lock their homes up for six months of the year when there are young families desperate to get a house like that to live in, you see. Exactly. And another thing, um, which I notice here is police presence. The police presence here is fantastic. The crime rate here is very, very low. Why? I... I, I because of police presence, there are there are the police on the beach. There there, there are, are police cars driving up down the promenade. There are there are motor motorcycle police. They they and and as well as that, they they look like policemen. They're, they're, uh, you take them seriously, monster, like people don't monster. step out of line. But are the consequences yeah. grave if they do step out of line? Because you know the, with the issues here with suspended sentences and things. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they, they, they just, they, they, they take no nonsense. So I suppose but they, they, the, the main thing is just don't, don't be afraid. We, people of our age, we're afraid. What if I get sick? Well, what, what, uh, oh, you know, what's the healthcare like? The healthcare here is absolutely fantastic. I've had in the, in the, I've never been in a hospital in Ireland in my life. Never, yeah, yeah. for tonsils when I was five yeah. or something. I've been in hospital. I've had three operations here since four, actually. How do you pay for I them, though? Here. 
No, no, no. My my uh, social welfare from Ireland paid for it. I I I, I did have. Um, private insurance and I got a botched hip operation and I gave up um, I was in a wheelchair for four years through, through a, a botched hip operation wow. the, the prosthesis was too big and it, it was I was in agony Where was that? In Ireland or in Spain? No, no in, in Tenerife Right In Tenerife and I um, I went on the social because I worked here as well and I, as well as as well as that being in the EU your, your, your social contributions in Ireland Yeah uh, step in and um, the health service is absolutely fantastic and the waiting lists are minimal do you have do you have utility bills like lighting and and heating and stuff like that no we don't we get everything free of course we do. <laughs> no but I mean like are they are they significant the, the electricity can the electricity I must say you know, when I came here first I felt that the electricity would be one of the dearest things but nothing in comparison no, to what it would be in Ireland at the moment yeah but then again you, then again you don't use as, as much uh, lighting because everything is very bright but, te- but I mean for instance what, what would the what would the, the temperature usually be say, I know it's very hot in the summer but say off season winter temperatures for instance but, but you see, Neil, that's where you're wrong. It, it, Tenerife is seldom very, very hot. In, in the summer, it would go from, we say, 25 to 28. And in, 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 the, in the winter, it would go from, we say, 21 to 24. But not so, drop below that? Very, very seldom. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I must say, I did notice that, that, that this summer was exceptionally hot. Yeah, yeah. Even, even, even the locals were complaining, and there must be climate change. But there, there is an awful lot of pros, and of course we miss our family. But we've got Skype, and our family love coming here, because who doesn't like coming to um, for free accommodation? But if somebody were to do that, how would they even be able to find the right place to rent or to live in or to perhaps even buy? How would they go about that? The same as they would in Ireland. They, they, they would go to um, an estate agent and would get, would, would get advice. And I mean, you, you know, you it, it, it's a, you, you would go through exactly the same procedures as if you were going, going to Ireland looking for accommodation. But you, you, would, you, you certainly wouldn't end up in a tent because there are not since Brexit, there are an awful lot of uh, British people left and are letting their, their, their premises... They've had to go back, yeah, because they have this rule that they have to be out of the country. They can't be in Spain for longer than, what, six months or something, is it? 108, yes, 108 yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. And is rental expensive? No, I'm sorry, no, 90 days. 90, yeah, 90 three months. Days. They have to go out and come back again and out. And some people have said it's not worth the hassle for people from the UK. But are rentals expensive? You would, you would definitely get um, a one-bedroom apartment from we'll say 500 upwards and then they, they go from there depending also on the area you know if, if you want a beachfront but no for for five six seven hundred you would do fine bloody hell and, that's and, cheap and and, and 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 lots of those are bills included you know so that's very good you can go we we had friends we met cork friends for a coffee the other day and we had um, four large coffees we had four triangles of apple um, tarts you know open yeah fine big fine big triangles now and two um uh, croissants and another big triangle of chocolate cake and the bill was 17.50 for how many of you <laughs> four of us get me on the plane <laughs> I'm gone. There must be a downside to it. You are trapped on a reasonably, a relatively small island, though, that you can't get off. 
you know. Uh, hang on. Maybe a bit of cabin on. fever going on, maybe. <laughs> well, of course, of course. And I'll tell you now, the advantage of this is, no, this is for residents only, including ourselves. We actually get 75% discount to travel to any part of Spain, any of the Spanish islands. So for... for, for on what, for, a canoe or what? On a plane, on a, a train, a bo- on a train's boats and planes. Um, <laughs> Are you going to get a train from Tenerife? <laughs> but that, 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 that was, well, okay, you, you can get a plane from Tenerife. We can travel from here to Fuerteventura, Lanzarote, La Gomera, uh, Gran Canaria, and uh, it, it, it would be, we'll say, for the two of us, Eighty euro return. Uh, there's got to be some downside somewhere, though, Sean. There has to be. There has to well, be. Let's put it this way: you carry your emotions with you. Of course, there are down days. Of course, I feel sad. Of course, Susan feels sad at times. But it's far, far better to be sad and look out at sunshine than to be sad and looking out at the lashing rain and the grey skies and, and, and everybody going around with doom and gloom and dark clothing. But Christmas time won't be the same, though, in all that heat. Well, listen to me. Would you, are you jealous? Would you ever stop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous, would yeah. You, I'm wondering, could I broadcast a radio programme from Tenerife? <laughs> would, 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 would you ever stop trying to uh, put me off and pin, 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 all the, all the, all the things? We, we, and you, you know the, you know the one thing. Okay, the one downside and the one thing that I do worry about is when one of us is going to die. How the other is 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 going to react? Whether one when one would want to go home or when, when, whether one have you talked about that? We haven't. Uh, Susan says that she, we, you know, will not go home, and I worry about that. I worry about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because Susan, Susan, okay, she understands the language, but she doesn't speak the language. Whereas I speak the language, and that's a great advantage. Yeah, don't be but dwelling on that too much, though. You know, I will. Come on, me. It's human. It's human to think about things like that. Oh, I know. I suppose so. Yeah. I, 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 oh, I'm. I'm. What am I? Seventy-five. Yeah, I'm. I'm seventy-five actually on the sixth of January. Yeah. There's no reason that I, you don't live to ninety-five or a hundred. I don't care as long as I can be, get out. You know, get healthy food anyway, and lots of vitamin D. Uh, and you know something if you have a dog and people are very very friendly and people are very very helpful here and people are very very it reminds me of Ireland long ago everyone says hello if you're in doctor's surgery as soon as the door will open and somebody comes in they'll say buenos dias buenos tardes they'll say when they're leaving they'll say goodbye when we were in Barcelona recently and the train was absolutely jam-packed and there was a, a young man two, two young men actually got up and let us sit down now I wonder how long would you be standing in Ireland before a young I can tell you one thing it didn't happen on the uh, on the Mallow to Killarney train last Friday with me it was absolute mayhem far from it and a totally different scenario the, the, it, it reminds me of Ireland Congo. these are the things Neil that, that uh, I like about it and okay. I am we, we both are very very happy here and okay. I would encourage anybody to give it a go okay. and, 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 and don't be don't, don't be using your, your, your life and building your life around rearing your grandchildren or building your life around worrying about, about what's going to happen if this is what's going to happen with that. Okay, I mentioned one thing that I do worry about, but that is because we're, we're too in a strange country. So I would highly recommend it. No need before I go. Can yeah. I say just some, can I, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Off, off topic, but on topic. Regarding the priest down in Kerry. 
Yes. Yeah, 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 it's tall. No, Father, Father yes. Sheehy. Exactly. Now, years ago, we, we, we lived in not far from where you are, of the country in a place called Ballinora. Yeah. And um, obviously we used to go to Mass every Sunday. And in 1999, there was a priest called Father Sean Fortune. And he was, a, oh, a notorious paedophile. Yeah. And he, he, he abused, I think it was a six to six boys, of girls as well, between Wexford, I think, and Belfast. He yeah. was notorious, and, and he was up for trial. But the, I think it was the day before his trial... He committed suicide, didn't he, if I remember correctly? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we were up in the church on Sunday Mass, and the the parish priest came out and uh, welcomed us, and he said, oh, he said, terrible news last night, uh, Father Sean Fortune has died, and I would like us to reflect and say a prayer for the repose of his soul. Was it known at this stage um, what he was accused of and guilty oh, yeah. of? It was like Brendan Smith. It was all over the papers. Yeah, OK. So the priest should have known better. Oh, well, you hang on now and listen. <laughs> so he... My blood began to boil because I'm totally anti-child um, abuse for, for certain reasons. And I said to Susan, um, if he's not going to ask for prayers for the victims, I'm going to stand up and challenge him. And Susan's, because I would have no, I, I have no qualms in doing something like that. I said, Susan, oh, for God's sake, please, you know, please, please, for my sake, don't do that. And I didn't, and nobody stood up either, and people said a prayer for the repose of his soul, which I, which I can understand, he needed forgiveness, and of course you pray for forgiveness. And during that entire Mass, I was like a bear. And I said, will I go into him? And I said, I won't go into him because God only knows what I might say to him. So yeah. I went home and I wrote him a letter. Yeah. And I, I, I said to him that I came out of Mass furious and how dare he ask for um, forgiveness for Father Sean Fortune and ignoring the victims who were only young children. And I said, I, you, you, know, you know me because I'm a regular uh, um, Sunday Mass score. And on next Sunday, if you don't open your Mass and ask for prayers for the victims of Sean Father Sean Fortune, I am going to stand up and challenge you. Mm-hmm. And I went into Mass the following Sunday, I was geared up to eat the head off him. <laughs> he opened the Mass and he said, um, I, I would like to say, it was a hindsight last week, and I would like to ask you for um, prayers for the victims of uh, our priest, Father Sean Fortune. Yeah. And that was all right. Yeah. And he did it. And I was delighted he did it. Yeah. We, we fast forward now 20 years. Now, I, I, I continued going there. We see, you see each other. It's, so, you know, he was a very nice priest. He used to come to the, our house to do the stations. Yeah, yeah. In the country, do the stations. And to, um, about three years ago, we were with friends who were also parishioners uh, out in, um, what is it, Tennis Village? McCarthy's, is it McCarthy's? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, having lunch. And who came in? Only this priest. Now, I hadn't seen him for a long time. I said, I was living in Tenerife. So he sat at his own table, and as he was leaving, he approached our table. So he said, "Oh, he said, you know, how Sean, how Susan, how yes, you know, yes, 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 John. Uh, oh, it, it's nice to see old parishioners and new parishioners uh, congregating, you know, and having a chat." So he said, "You know something?" He said, "A long, long time ago, a parishioner sent me a letter, and he said it was a letter reprimanding me, and he said, Sean, he said that was you." He said, regarding Father Sean Fortune. Yeah. And he said, when I, when I got that letter, he said, I didn't know how to handle that. And he said, I said, will I approach him? What will I do? And he said, 
I telling him, he said, I didn't know what to do. I did not know how to handle it, he said, because nobody ever, he said, uh, not, I can't say now correctly, pointed things like that out to me. Yeah, he, he should have uh, known better, uh, but he admitted that he, he, got, he got it wrong. But, uh, yes, but you see, the, these are, are, are priests that, that were, this, this father, whatever his name is. She. Can't see She. Yeah. He's, he's eight years of age. He was indoctrinated. He's, you talk about being brainwashed. He is going by the old things. He has moved on. This priest they, that, that I'm talking about, he at least had the guts to realise, my God, I've done something wrong. But he didn't have the guts to come and, and he, didn't, he just didn't know how to handle it. And he said, I'm coming here now, he said, just to thank you. Better late than never, though, Sean. Oh, you know something? He said to me, he brought tears to my eyes. He said, I'm coming here to thank you, he says, Sean. He said, that was one of the most um, eye-opening letters yes, that I yeah, have ever got. Yeah. And I really do appreciate it. Do you think that, that Father Sheehy should apologise for his narrative and the things he said? Well, I think that he should just shut up. Let's say it's gone too far. It, it, it's his um, attitude. Mm. He shouts. He roars. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe where he came from, South Africa or South America, wherever. Uh, Baton maybe Rouge, they, America. They, yeah. So He's Irish, we, though. We were, but I mean, he did. He was a parish priest in America for a long time. Yes, and, and if you remember, when well, we were probably too young, but long ago the priest used to shout and roar and bang the pulpit and, and, and put the fear of God into us until we're all damned. And I think I, one, one thing which I do think is he, he could have spoken about sin. He could have spoken about hell and, and all, all, all these things. But I think that he had some damn cheek to, to itemise people and, and bring out sections of society. Mm, OK. He, he, yeah, yeah. He, he could have generalised. OK, OK. Listen, I have other calls here. Not that I want to cut okay. you short, but it's a pleasure catching up with you. Do stay in touch. And regards to Sue... I'm, I will, of course. And can I just ask you one more thing? Just on, on the 18th of November, we're going to be um, f- 54 years married. And there's one song that I would love you to play for Susan. And it's Through the Years. Through the Years? By who? Kenny Rogers. Oh, OK. What date is that? The 18th of November. I'm sure someone will remind. We'll get closer to it. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, closer to us, you'll be, you'll be singing, or you'll be singing, you'll be playing Christmas songs. I'll, sl- I'll slip it in there, I won't let you down. I'll make a note of the date, all right, 8th into November, got it, okay. All right. Through the years, all right. and listen, listen, listen to the words, and you love it. All right, my friend, mind yourself, and regards then, to you both. And bring your tissue with you. <laughs> Good luck, take care, Sean. Back after the break, text 0868104106, Julie's holding. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Food for thought from Sean Wren of uh, Sean and Sue fame out in Tenerife. Uh, life is good there. Meanwhile, back here in Ireland. Julie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I appreciate you holding on. Thank you. Um, you have four kids. The oldest is your son, who's 22, working two jobs. Pick up on that? Yeah, um, I have a 22-year-old boy and I also have um, a 17-year-old girl, she'll be 18 in February, Neil. Um, she's currently in college um, studying SNA. and yeah. um, The two of them, their birthdays are in February and I face losing the two of them, Neil, to immigration in the new year. Are they planning it already? Yeah. Where to? Um, Australia and New Zealand. Have, I wonder, people listening to this, are they aware of how many young people are gone or are going I, to Australia every I don't day? Know, Neil, um, I don't know. It just 
what prompted me to ring was that last week I heard that guy, the Ukrainian guy, with Pakistani guy that um, was yeah. on the radio and stuff with yeah. y'all. And I really got the mad listening to him, Neil, complaining about food and this, that, and the other thing. Mm. I have a boy that works two jobs to make ends meet, and he gets no help from the government. He has his jobs needs me and his dad to help him. But I how do you, how do you help him? Do you, do you have me ask you? I mean, he works two jobs. Um, yeah, because he he, 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 he can't he can't pay the rent unless he works two jobs. Exactly, because of the cost of living and stuff, Neil, as you know, and the cost of everything has gone absolutely right. extortionate. And, and do you, how um, do you help them then? Grocery-wise, things like that, uh, medical bills, health care. We help them. We look after him, Neil. Um, it's very sad when you see someone work so hard, Neil, and they put... I mean, I don't see him most of the time because he's constantly working. And when I do see him, the boy is absolutely exhausted. And you see someone work so hard, Neil, and for someone to come on in and complain about food, just that and the other thing. Like, do they not realise what our own people are going through? Our government are willing to turn our backs or turn their backs on our young people. We're losing our future, Neil. Mm. Every day of the week, that person is on the pain. We are losing our future. I face losing two children and all I hear about is every day on the news, the Ukrainians are getting this, the Ukrainians are getting that. I mean, it's very, very unfair, Neil. And Mm. it maddens me that the government are so, so quick to step in and help everybody else. What is wrong with our people? We used to be fighting spirited people, Neil, and it's gone. It's been knocked out of us. And who's going to pick up the pieces for my family? When I lose my children. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm just wondering about the actual issues that are affecting young people in society. A lot of it has to do with the cost of rental, which is private landlords. A lot of it has to do with bad wages, which is low paying employers, yeah. you know? My 17 year old daughter doesn't tell you how mature she is and how clued in she is. She said, Ma'am, I will never be able to buy a house in this country. I can't rent a house because she's work, or she's in college three days, Neil. She works two days part-time and she can't even afford to get on the road. So how is she supposed to start out in life here, Neil? Like, oh, I hate, I hate to sound cruel. I hate to sound cruel about this, but um, it probably is the right thing for them to go overseas um, and to yes, go with I, your blessing oh, even for a period of time. Yes, and I, it's not that I'm holding the back, Neil. Absolutely not. I want the best for them. Of course I do. And I know they will have better lives over there. But my heart is going to be broken. It is going to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, what is the government doing for our young people? They, they don't, we're losing our future, Neil. And we're more worried about bringing in Ukrainians and making sure they have everything while turning our, turning our backs on the wrong people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that people fleeing war have to shoulder blame for something that's not of their making. Um, this is a, an EU-led initiative, you know. What people get here is not, the se- is not in any way different to other European countries, apart from the fact that maybe their welfare rates are lower than ours, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, it's like I'm not the only person that's going to be in this situation. I'm not the only person that's going to lose children. And I can understand why you would be anger and bitter about that, because Australia is a long way away. Absolutely. It is, Neil. Now, it is a beautiful country and so is New Zealand. I've been there. I have a brother in New Zealand and I have a sister in um, Australia. 
and both of them left immigration. Now they have fantastic lives over there. Yeah, I know, And I, I know. want to see my kids do well, but they should also feel that they're wanted in their own country, Neil, yes, yeah. and that they have the opportunity and, to start in their own country. And can, can, you, can you hold on till after 10? Because I just want to finish the conversation with you properly. I want to ask you about their interpretation of Ireland. Can you do that? Yeah, no problem. Okay, so I'll call you back. Thanks for that. Thanks for now. Text 0868104106. Get involved in the conversation. Back after 10. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Well, can I just also mention with regards to water, not rain, but actual water through the pipes that uh, for people living in the north side and surrounding areas from half past seven uh, this evening to eight or to 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, there will be water outage disruption. It'll affect about 12,000 properties. Um, and those are the time periods. So it's the north side, Cork City's north side and surrounding areas. It's, it's kind of vague in exactly where, um, but you'll be out of water uh, and you'll notice it from half past seven this evening. Do take note of that. It won't come back again until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. I just wanted to finish my conversation with Julie because I know she's got a lot on, but thankfully she's, uh, she's happy to come back uh, just after 10. Julie, good morning again. I was just asking you to, Hi, just, just one thing before you go. Through the eyes of your son and your daughter, right, who will soon go to Australia, what do they make of Ireland now? What, I know you, one of them, I think your daughter said, I'll never be able to buy a house here. Um, what else are they saying? Very bleak. Very bleak, Neil. Um, they don't see a future here in Ireland. They they will never be able to buy a house here, for one. The cost of living and rent, they'll never... Like, my son is currently renting at the moment, but he's paying quite high rent. But, like, my daughter, more so, has been very vocal, and she says, ma'am, there isn't a future here for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. There so she will qualify as a, as a special needs assistant, but work as an SNA in Australia yeah yeah. and I mean this country needs SNAs as you know at the moment they were crying out for our SNAs and like so they would they would say yeah they, they would say that there's no point living here just to pay bills no. and sur- survive life should be better than that yeah I mean like to, to go all, like all my, my son basically is all he's doing at the moment is working to pay bills and keep food on and when they go to Australia or New Zealand. I think it's Australia. Is it both of them? Oh, Sneil. Okay. Yeah. Will they, have they friends over there already? Um, I have uh, siblings. I have a sister in Australia and I have a brother in New Zealand. Um, they've been there now for uh, quite some time. And um, it, is a bit, it is expensive to live there, Neil, but it's a much better quality of life. They'll be able to rent. They'll have more opportunities. Mm. Whereas here... They don't. And my, my 17-year-old daughter even said it. She said, ma'am, even trying to get on the road, we're completely pushed out. We're a generation that has been pushed out and forgotten about. Yeah. You know... And she is... Yeah, there doesn't sorry. seem to be a week... There doesn't seem to be a week goes by that don't hear of another going-away party for friends... Uh, and some of them actually friends of my own family who are going to Australia or who have gone and others have gone after them to join them. It's just incredible. It's incredible, Neil. And every day, like I said, when you put on the radio or you pick up the newspaper, like there's more Ukrainians coming. Yes, I understand there's a war and I understand they're fleeing. That's that's fine. But when you're hearing nonstop of they're getting X, Y, and Z, they're getting housing, they're getting this, there's modular homes being built. And you see your own children. I know. 
No, no, it's personal. Leaving. Yeah. It, it hurts me. Yeah. And I have nothing but disgust for our government and what they're doing to our generation. They're just, it, they're so quick to put their hands in their pockets. They're pulling money out of the backside for the Ukrainians. And they don't give two hoots about our own people. Yeah. And they don't, Neil, I mean, they're so quick to build modular homes and stuff and build this and get that and get this. Where is it for our Irish people? Yeah. Why yeah. didn't they do this for our Irish people? I mean, to the government not realise I'm not the only person that's going to lose children. Oh, I think you're talking on behalf of an awful lot of parents. You're talking on behalf of an awful lot of mothers who have gone through what you're going through or will be going through it. Because Australia, you'd always think with Australia that they'll never come back. It's so far away. Absolutely. You know, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say it as much about New York or or Canada or the UK or Europe, but Australia is just the other side of the world. It is, it is, Neil, and it's expensive to travel and stuff, as you know, and yeah. like that. We, are, we have two, two younger children as well. But, like, my issue is, I'm, I'm, I am very cross. And, like, especially that guy that came on there last week, that Pakistani guy. We mentioned that, yeah. That, I mean, God almighty, if that's his worry, if food is his worry, he needs to step into the shoes of an Irish person or step into the shoes of my children for a day and see what it's like. As you prepare to pack their bag and say goodbye in the new year. I know, I know. Th- thanks, Julie. Thanks no. for holding on. Thanks no for your passionate problem. contribution. No problem, Neil. Take care. No problem. Thank you, Neil. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show. Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Court, Red FM. Just a fast one, I just see come in by text there, just very quickly, we're talking about saying goodbye to sons and daughters as they head off to Australia for a better life, that there's nothing here for them. Uh, this is interesting because it's going to be that time of the year if it's not already arrived where people are sending Christmas cards or indeed birthday cards to the four corners of the world. I don't know if anyone sent cards, over, cards overseas and never got them. I sent a birthday card to my son in New Zealand. He'll be 50 tomorrow. I sent it in September and he still hasn't got it. And I hate having to say this, but there's a very good chance that he never will get it because there's an ever-increasing problem with post around the world now. And I'm not pointing the finger at any particular postal service because I don't know. Uh, But there's an ever-increasing problem with anything that looks like a birthday card or anything that looks like a Christmas card being posted that won't arrive. Why? Because the chances are there's money in it and they get robbed and the money gets taken and the card, it could be a birthday card, it could be a Christmas card, it could be a gift for confirmation or communion or anything like that, 21st birthday card, things like that. There's a chance that they won't get through because there's money in them and the money gets robbed. Uh, With regards to Father Sean Sheehy, why are you having this priest on? You'll only be giving him airtime. We've heard it all already. He should be excommunicated. It's dreadful. Now, there is a chance that he may not come on because he's not answering his phone, um, either phones, nor is he responding to texts. I don't know. Maybe it will happen between now and midday. Maybe he's just had enough of media. I don't know. Maybe he said all he's got to say and doesn't want to say any more, but he's due on air, but isn't coming back to me. Um, When you speak to him, if you do speak to him, will you ask him if he will repent for the hurt that he has caused to families all over the country with his disgusting comments on the altar and later through media? 
All I can say is may God forgive him. Uh, that priest in Kerry is, that was from Kay, and says, the priest in Kerry is a disgrace. I have a son who is gay, and I know a lot of people who are gay. They are the kindest people you can meet. They help you in every way. It's not their choice to be gay. They were born that way. Please be nice to all. It's a tough life for them at work or at play, says Anne. Uh, did he ever think, as in Father Sheehy, about the effects his homily would have on the parish of Listole as a visiting priest? I feel like it's so disrespectful to the parish and the parish priest. Surely he knew that his words would be controversial and have this aftermath uh, on the parish itself. And there's lots more like that. Disturbing to listen to some of your calls yesterday, particularly the one dogmatic lady, and this is 2022. She, in her belief of the Bible and Christian thinking, is so removed from day-to-day life, from the beauty and diversity of humanity. The psychological damage caused by these narratives knows no bounds. I feel physically sick listening to her. And that's a reference to uh, Maureen, who agrees 100% with everything that Father Sean Sheehy had to say. Too upset to come on, but Maureen has affected me so badly. When I was pregnant, my baby was sick, and when he arrived into this world, he was asleep. I will never believe that he went to limbo or purgatory. I fully believe that my little boy is in heaven. Maureen should be ashamed of herself. Uh, Your caller, Leona, is so right. Who gives anyone the right to tell others how to live and what they should believe? I think religion is the root of all evil. Everyone decides which religion is right for them. If there is one God, why are there so many religions? And just one or two more. Maybe that man was heavy-handed in some of what he said. However, people are only looking for an opportunity to bash Christianity. This country has been ruined by two other religions. One is money and the other is other religions that have come in here. Um, Another text says, I agree with Maureen on air. My local priests are afraid to speak up as they're afraid of the backlash. And I feel we are being made to accept issues like transgenderism, Uh, I've no issue with gay people. I've some amazing friends and family, but we need to stop pushing transgenderism. As a Christian, it's a man and woman, not they or them. Can't come on air, but I feel for the priests as they're not, as there are some caring, kind priests. um, In the Bible, it states it's man and woman and nothing else. Listening to your program yesterday to the ladies ranting about the Catholic Church, they are condemning the nuns and priests about cruelty in their schools. Well, I attended primary and secondary school, taught by lay people. I got slapped when I did wrong. Now, in secondary school, I got belted with a leather strap and a pole that was being used for rolling up the map of the world. I have bad memories of those days, but I wouldn't condemn te- teachers today. I think, it was, I think it made a man of me and I, respect, and I have respect today. Uh, a sorry day the slap was done away with, says a West Cork texter. I just come out of Mass. Today is a day to pray for and remember our dead, not the negative comments about our clergy on your programme. People do not realise the hours our priests spend on the roadside with dying victims of a road crash. Read the article in the papers during the week of Father Francis Nolan and Kerry, who spent the evening on the roadside with a 17-year-old girl while she died, with him praying by her side. It was the worst he had ever experienced. Think of the priest that is to spend the night alone doing that. We need priests to bury us. So give them slack and help them because we need them. Uh, Listening to enough of this rubbish you're on about this morning. If the world was meant to be gay, we would have Adam and Steve, not Adam and Eve. For God's sake. And as much as I dislike Putin, his regime is the way it's supposed to be. No gay, no trans, no nothing. Um... It's all wrong on so many levels. I mean, that is pretty, pretty nasty, isn't it? 
It really and truly is. Imagine that, having that kind of a mindset. And there's many more like that, which I'll jump in and out of. Text 0868104106. But can I just get to another call, if you don't mind? Michelle. Hi, Neil. How Th- are you? Thanks for holding. I was just, I was just curious about your story because um, you got a car, repl- a courtesy car, because work was being done on your own car, is it? So, yes. Um, yesterday, I was uh, dropping my car into Blackwater Motors because there's a job, a, um, a warranty job to be done in it. Um, and it was going to be in for a few days. So they were giving me a, a courtesy car. Yeah. And so I rang, they gave me the details of the car and I rang my insurance AXA. company. You rang AXA, yeah. To well, switch over, I'm with, was it? I'm with AA Broker and through AA, I'm with AXA. So I rang AA and I gave the details of the car and I told her that it would be transferred for maybe three or four days. I wasn't sure. So she put in the details. The car I was getting was a 221 and um, which is a little bit higher than my own. And um, she asked for the value and I told her the value was 55,000. And she said, oh, something has just popped up here. I have to refer back to AXA. So I said, fine. So she came back and she said, because the value of the court car is more expensive than your own car, um, you're going to have to pay 70 euros. Right. What was the value of your own car, the age of your own car? My my own car is a 201, and the value of my own car is 40... It's 40-odd thousand. But... Um, it's a 2001. Yes, yeah, a 201, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, so there's a difference of, what, 15 grand, is that...? Yes. Yes. So um, I told her I didn't have the 70 euros on me and that um, I need a car because otherwise uh, myself and my daughter would be left on the side of the road, you know, um, otherwise. And she said, yeah, that's right. We won't be able to ensure you have to pay the 70 euros. So I said, are you you leaving myself and my daughter on the side of the road without a car? And she said, yes. You know, we have to get the 70 euros first. So I, I just said, listen, you're going to have to go back to them. I need a car. I can't be stranded. I need to get home. So could you talk to them, please? So she went back to them and she, she, I was on hold, first of all, 30 minutes when I rang them. Yeah. And um, then when I got on to her, I was back, she was back and forth on, um, pushing me on hold. So I was aware that the time was ticking away because I knew AXA closed at five o'clock. Yeah. So she came back the second time and she said... Um, could you ask Blackwater Motors to get a cheaper car for you? She's trying to help you, though, in fairness to her. She, oh, you know, you know, in fairness, like, she was a very nice You know, the issue here is that there's a difference of 15 grand, and if you crashed it, you wouldn't be covered. Well, there would be a 15 grand excess because of the value of it, I suppose, you know? It's a two-year... Your car is two years older than it. That's that's her... Exactly. She's trying to fix that, you see. Oh, absolutely. And this lady was lovely. It was re- was really nice about it, but I explained to her I didn't have the seventy euros, and on no terms. When I was dealing with them, when I was getting um, my insurance, they never told me that if you get a warranty, if you if you get a courtesy car and the value is over, that I would have to pay. I was never told that information yeah, yeah. by my insurance company. Yeah. So um, anyway, she, the, uh, she went back to AXA, and it was coming near five o'clock. And she came back to me and she said to me, we, they'll do it for 35 euros. But at this stage of the game, I was, I was on principal loan. I wouldn't pay, like I said, I'm not paying 35 euros. I don't have 35 euros okay. to pay you. Yeah. 
You genuinely so, didn't have it, no? Genuinely. I, I wouldn't, I didn't have it on me. I didn't get paid until today. Yeah. So I didn't have it on me. Yeah. So um, she said, and at this stage I was in Blackwater Motors and I just said, listen, do you have a cheaper car than this? That was going to be my next question. In fairness, they gave you a fairly swanky courtesy car, in fairness to them, but they give you something older. You wouldn't have had this scenario. Exactly, exactly. So um, I asked them, I said, have we got a cheaper car? At this stage now, it was nearly five to five. I said, I'm on the phone with the insurance crowd and they're uh, they're charging me 70 euros. Now, I'm not paying it. It's not my fault I'm up here. Obviously, like, it's a warranty job. So either you pay it are, you know, I'm going to be left on the side of the street because yeah. I'll have no way of getting home. So he said to me, look, he said, I'll see if I can get you on our insurance. So um, I went back to the lady and I said, can you hold and see if I can be put on somebody else's insurance? So she said, yeah, but just the time is ticking away. She said, Michelle, you know, five o'clock, they're closed. <laughs> so I, I was left very vulnerable, to be quite honest with you. You know, I, I was... You know, I had a, my daughter. I had to get back to East Cork. Yeah. I didn't know where I was going to be, like, you know what I mean? I didn't know how I was going to get home. So, um. Your husband's they, working, is he? He can't come and get you or anything. Yeah, like he's working okay. full yeah, time. Yeah, just you know? So, um, and he just can't get up and walk out, you know, and. No, I, I understand. Yeah, the clock's know? ticking. You're in a predicament. Did they, did yeah. they give you a cheaper car? No, they had no cheaper car. They said this is the only one that we have. And he said to me, but, you know, I, I'll ring and find out, can we be, can you be placed on our insurance? So it was five, I was 4.56. Now, I was, at this stage, I was in this, a, a panic, really, and I didn't know, like, what was going to happen. So the next, next thing he came back and he said to me, Michelle, it's fine. We have you on our insurance. Great customer service in Blackwater Motors, Great I have to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. Really, and, I mean, that's you know, the upside to this story. The fact that we paid through the nose for everything in this country is another exactly. matter, though. You know? Exactly. And that's my point. Like, as it is, we're paying through the roof for insurance. You know? And in these times, people are watching their pennies and their, you know, yes. their money, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's a very frustrating story on one hand for you. I understand that. And you pay every year and probably never claim and you're never late with your premiums and you never miss a payment, in fairness. And yeah. This but, is the, it? but the other side of the story is the customer service. Firstly, it's a damn good courtesy car. Not everybody yeah. gives those, you know. I know of people with warranties on motors and never got a courtesy car. Were looked at foolishly when they asked for one. So in that way, yeah. it's very good. And secondly... In fairness to Blackwater, we want more service. That we said, okay, we'll put you on our insurance to get you sorted. Absolutely, you know. Um, I mean, the, the point I'm—I would just want your viewers, viewers, to be very much aware that there's secret, um, you know, not secret, but hidden um, fees that we don't know about. And this—I don't want anyone to be left as vulnerable as I was. Yesterday. And you felt vulnerable, yeah, on the side of the oh, road. Oh, I yeah. felt so vulnerable. I, you know, I was so upset because I didn't know how I was going to get home with my daughter yesterday. Do you know? I know, I know, I know, I know. And, um, like, to be... But actually were saying, well, this is the way it is, we'll do it for half, or they didn't, they didn't turn around and say, well, look, if you don't have it, we'll put it on the bill, or you can pay it over 12 well, months or something. I asked something. that question, no, I asked that question, I said, listen, can I put it on my bill? And she said to me, um, yeah, you'd have to go through our our um, finance department to do that. And because you've paid full 
Yeah. It's not direct debit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really, we we're, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Where's so, the kindness, um, though? No, no. Where's the no kindness? Empathy. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. Where's the kindness? You know, we're going through tough times times as it is. We don't need that. And I, I the killing part about this whole story is they were they were charging me seventy euros one minute, and the next minute they were they had reduced it to thirty five euros, like wheeling dealing. You know, I just, the whole thing was a disaster. Penny pinching, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, you probably will look around for another insurance company when you renew, won't you? Oh, oh I told them, I said yesterday, when my insurance ends, I won't be coming back. You've lost the customer. You see, that's the thing they need to bear in mind. You've got to keep customers on side more than ever. Okay, let's see if other people have any uh, experiences of that or other issues with it. And I think on one hand, you're lucky you did get a courtesy car because again, as they say, I was talking to somebody recently who has a, a, um, a van under warranty. Isn't it like a five-year warranty or something? Uh, and uh, never got a replacement. I know of somebody that had a, a taxi off the road for, God almighty, it was something like seven or eight weeks. Um, and wow. that was under warranty. And no courtesy car. Nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very grateful to Blackwater Motors yeah. to give me the courtesy car. and But I'm more grateful about this guy in Blackwater Motors. I mean, he was so nice. Fair play to him. Like, you know. Well, you'll be, a, you'll be a customer for life then, you see. That's how, that's how it works. Well, absolutely, you know. Yeah, um, good points. Well customer done. service is very important, you know, to... You know, OK, Michelle, thanks for sharing the story. That's what this is all about. Appreciate it. Nice talking with you. Thank you. Um, the working person gets nothing in any budget. Don't you not know that by now? People on the door get bonuses and extra payments. Women who have several kids and scrounge always get more. Uh, why is Ireland donator over 300 million to overseas charities? Charity should start at home and I, for one, can't wait for a general election. Well, are you naive enough to think that a general election will make any difference? If that was the case, all of the general elections we've had before now would have made a difference and they haven't. I think it's rather hurtful to say women who have several kids and scrounge and always get more. I mean, it's a case of walking in their shoes, really, isn't it? Or walking in anybody else's shoes. Maybe that's something that Father Sean Sheehy should be doing, walking in someone else's shoes. I'm not a Catholic, but as a gay man and a Christian, I will just try and explain my experiences. I have felt the same peace and unity with God as any person can, and I've never felt condemned by God for being gay. However, any time I acted on my sexuality, I felt condemned. It's difficult to explain, but a Christian person knows they have God's approval by the peace they feel in their own heart. We sin and we lose that peace. I know life can be lonely sometimes for me, but I would rather be lonely here for a short time than face separation from God, says John in Middleton. Um, are, are, are you saying that you are a gay man, but you don't act on your gay sexuality um, because of your fear of separation from God? That's my interpretation of your text. Um, you and other media were silent about the fact the Catholic congregation donated three and a half million euro for relief for suffering in Ukraine. The Catholic Church gave it three and a half million. You don't mention that. As for the Catholic Church being anti-gay, there is a person on remand waiting to be tried for the murder of two gay men. Is he Catholic, Neil? No. Another religion. And I await the silence of the media if that person is convicted of these awful crimes. Michael D. was also very silent about the mother and baby home since he was in government since 1973. Strange the silence of the media about the non-action of our darling elite 
but quick to criticise the Catholic Church. Uh, just caught the part of your discussion on the priest in Kerry. It might interest you to know that the same priest had been in the news before when he gave a character reference for a convicted sex offender, Danny Foley, in Listowel in 2009. Tells you all you need to know. He talks about promiscuity occurring in young girls due to the free condom scheme, but says nothing about the young women who were held against their will in the Magdalen laundries and their children being sold by the religious orders. Yes, you are right uh, about the character reference that was given on behalf of the convicted sex offender Dally, Danny Foley. And at the time, I was reading about it yesterday, at the time, Father, Leah, uh, Father uh, Sean Sheehy was um, acting as a priest in the parish of Castle Gregory. Uh, and after that character reference, he had to go and meet the bishop. And it was decided at that stage, this is back in 2009, it was decided at that stage that um, uh, Father uh, Sean Sheehy would stop um, administering at Mass. I'm not saying resign or retire or anything, but ju- just stop saying Mass. Uh, something clearly changed since then uh, because he acts now as um, a-, a fill-in for priests who are away. I think the priest in, in Listowel has um, gone away to on a pilgrimage, I believe. Anyway, text 0868 Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Okay. Red FM. I need to jump in because we have issues regarding flooding and a weather alert from this morning that probably got missed. I don't know if you were expecting the downpours to be as heavy as that. Showers, you said. Not the heavens opening and the place flooding lights. What happens at the moment? What a waste of enormous financial resources went into the roadworks in Toker. The place is badly flooded today near the new crossings and the roundabouts flooded as well. No place for the bus to pull in. I had to get it off my chest. What brains in the roads department designed these works, says Liz. Uh, the bottom of Shanakiel, badly flooded but passable. Still passable for now, but there are delays with cars coming down because of the flooding. Commons Road is flooding, if you feel like putting out an alert. North Ring Road flooded. Not Link Road flooded. Traffic moving slowly. A lot of water outside Holly Hill Industrial Estate. Passable, but lots of cars and uh, not not many of the, not all of the cars are willing to attempt it, meaning it's resulting in long clues, queues and delays. I suppose people are turning around, I guess. Uh, Mount Agnes Road, flooded and dangerous. Avoid it. Morning, my nerves are shot. Just went through Blackpool Village and the watercourse road down by Murfreesbury is totally flooded. We were in it before we realised it. Just about got through it. So do be aware of that. There were some fairly thundery downpours earlier on and it has led to flooding. Uh, text 0868104106. Um, many people with opinions on Father Sean Sheehy. Uh, somebody's Frank says he's on, the, he's on radio more than Ed Sheeran and nobody has asked him about writing a letter in support of a convicted sex offender. Well, if you were to come on this morning, and I don't know whether he will or not, he's not answering or picking up his phone. That was one of the questions that I was going to put to him. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, I'm hopeful that he will, but maybe he's just had enough of media coverage over the past 24, 48 hours. But there is a story in the Independent this morning. Independent, the Association of uh, Catholic Priests in Ireland has come out and said that the Bishop of Kerry should sanction Father Sean Sheehy by banning him from celebrating Mass and other sacraments. In fact, I was mentioning earlier on Father Tim Hazelwood, the County Cork Parish Priest, said that he has done more damage to the church that this will actually damage the church uh, and just to chat about that and one or two other topics uh, related to uh, Sean uh, Sheehy, I'm joined by Tim Hazel- Hazelwood, Father Tim. Tim, good morning Good morning, Nick. Um, do, you, do, you, do you think that he should apologise and recant or repent or, or what? 
no, it's, it's a very difficult one. And I think the headline that you quoted, I didn't see that headline about the ACP wanting him banned. That's not what I, I meant at all. Like, we would be in favour of free speech, and the man is entitled to have his opinion. But there's a way that you use language. And, like, naming... So the Association of Catholic Priests in Ireland isn't urging the Kerry Bishop to ban him from celebrating Mass? Well... <laughs> See, the way it works, even I just heard the end of the last piece you said about him. His story, I, from what I understand it, he was a priest in Baton Rouge in the United States, and we know the way they do religion over there. It's, it's like it, there's, um, there's, there's southern divide. states like Louisiana. It would be, yeah. Would be, yeah, yeah, they'd be very, very devout, wouldn't they? Well, well and very strong in their opinions. Of the Bible. Like it, it, it's a polarised society, and even the, the you know, people from the United States would say that at the moment. It was never as divided. You know, you have a, a right-wing uh, extreme element, and we have that in the Catholic Church, and it's very strong in the United States. Uh, this priest came back from the United States, and uh, I think he asked, could he help out? And he was in a parish in Castle Gregory. This incident happened. And what the bishop said, uh, they must have worked it out between them, that he would no longer, he was retirement age, so the bishop said, fine, you can retire. But he allowed him say mass. Every priest w- receives a thing called a celebrate, which is, shows that you're in good standing. And so he retired, and obviously, like, we did a survey lately on numbers, and the situation in Kerry is drastic. The parish priest of Lissol wanted to go on a pilgrimage with the, some of the people in the parish, so he asked this man who was there. Little did he think what was going to happen. I don't think he'll be asking him again. And I don't think many of the priests around Kerry, the priests that I know, would support the way that he spoke. And, you know, it's fine to have an opinion, but to come out as so strongly with families... He's saying, he, he's saying though, he, he, uh, to paraphrase what he's saying, he says that like, the Bible is the Bible and, you know, that the Catholic Church can't kind of behave in an a la carte way. A bit like people who claim to be Catholic behave in an a la carte way, some people. But and he said, you, either you stick to the doctrine or you don't, he says. No point shooting the, the messenger. But the, the reality is that the Bible was written at a certain time when, the, when the, there was an understanding of the world. And we've got into trouble before over that. Like on two occasions, the church had to apologize because of our view of the universe and our view of the world. Galileo was expelled, or he was excommunicated from the church. The church was wrong, you know? And like all the modern things that are happening in medical, medicine and stuff, is there any mention of those in the Bible? They're not, and like, say the whole. The thing is it about a book being that's gay. not fit for purpose then anymore? Because it's before. Well, it is. It is because, but like, it's not. If if you take any document and read it literally, then it's black and white. You know, I, how many how many of that gang now who who spoke out like that? I don't see any of them hanging around with one hand cut off. The Bible says if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I don't like, and who's perfect? So we'd be there t- cutting, taking our eyes out. And, do you know, if you want to take it literally when it suits you, mm. Mm. you know? But Catholic, morning, Catholic rules, I mean, I'm not here to defend them, but just okay. maybe to no, push no, back. No, Catholic rules are Catholic rules, uh, uh, you know. Um, and if you don't want to believe in the Catholic teaching, which is all from right. the Bible and Christ's time on mm. earth and what have you, then Catholicism yeah. isn't for you. This morning, the gospel, Neil, was the gospel of the lost sheep. There was a hundred sheep, one of them got lost, and he went after it, and he brought it back and rejoiced. That is the gospel. Mm, mm. So it's not... The gospel uh, also said an eye for an eye, didn't it, or was that misinterpreted? 
but you see that it must be put in context like people don't sit and and study the scriptures especially the old testament it's not simple it was written hundreds of years ago thousands, thousands of years ago so like, there are scripture scholars do you hear many of them coming out and saying what some of these people are saying you don't because they have a lot more measured approach and we are learning all the time modern science and medicine and biology are especially around the human person understanding the human person the, the, the term gay like a, a same-sex attraction that was say innately part of a person that isn't understood until a, a, about 40 or 50 years ago so what they were writing about years ago was totally different yeah it was yeah, about yeah yeah but like man so, lying with man though he would say is a sin it's an abomination but, it's a mortal but, sin but, if you don't repent but, you'll go to hell but what was the understanding at a the time? They didn't have the word gay. So wh- who was the man that was lying with the man? It was the man who was away at war, away from his wife. You know, like, it, it's, it's not that simple. The, the term gay didn't exist. It wasn't in the vocabulary. Even, even Pope Francis recently, I was reading an article mm. last night from 2020, said mm. homosexual people have a right to be in a family. He went so far as to say he thought that uh, same-sex couples should be allowed to have civil unions. The Pope said mm. they are children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or made miserable over it. And, and that's a quote of the Pope. He also went on in a film documentary that was made of him and he contributed to that. He said he would encourage two gay men, he said, to attend church with their three children. The Pope said all of this. Yeah. And how do you think those people feel after listening to that? Inclusive. uh, Yeah. And he said the new document. But like, what's really telling though is that the synod that we've held and all the synods around the world and one document has been put together and in it it says we should extend the tent. So in other words, it, we should be more inclusive and our message should be more inclusive. Now that message last Sunday and the gospel last Sunday was about Zacchaeus. Jesus sees a sinner I, but I, and goes and has a meal in his house and welcomes him. But I know and that, then, but some of the issues you, that he was critical of, um, sorry for cutting across you, in, right, okay. they, they included things like the termination of pregnancy, abortion if you like. Uh, the, the Catholic Church hasn't changed his mind on that. Uh, and he's just saying that the Catholic Church hasn't changed his mind on that. But he, and, and that's true. But he bucketed the whole lot in together. He got his opportunity and everything he could he wanted to get off his chest. He, like, you could, like, I, 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 I would be pro-life. And I pray for pro-life. And I, that's my outlook would be pro-life in every situation you could. But I don't start condemning off the altar and blaring it, you know, there are people in the congregation who, I don't judge them, who may have had an abortion. I'm not the one to judge, and mm. he's not the one to judge. Mm. None mm. of us are. Mm. He, he says you're born either male or female, and that transgenderism <sighs> is lunacy. Well, see, that's what I mean, you know. Like, but a lot of people, think, seemingly, have agreed with him. And that's, and that's why we need discourse. That's why, like, uh, the Synod... What Pope Francis is pushing is that we come together, we sit, we listen, we engage, and we discern the truth that is given to us from God. But like, that way of engaging and discourse, I don't know how helpful that is, because it's hurtful, it's, it's scathing across the board. What about people who are, who are transitioning at the moment, who have difficulties? They, they just throw them out 
that's not gospel. His interpretation of the Bible is that you have to follow it to the letter, though. Yeah, black and white. Yeah, and you're saying, I think your quote is, that there, that's real old-style Catholicism. It has no place in this modern day and age. Well, when you meet, I meet people every day whose life isn't, and their lives aren't straightforward. They have difficulties, and, you know, and, and what was lovely is that, you know, gay people are approaching the church now. And I want to be part of. We sent a gay we sent a gay couple your way recently, didn't we? That's right, and it was wonderful. Now I must say, and I thank you for it. But like their fear was, would they be rejected? Would their baby be rejected? Did you baptize want, the child? You did. I baptized the child, and yeah. they were a lovely couple, lovely child, lovely families, traditional Catholic families, and. And I, but I would say their fear, I think, well, this would heighten their fears now hearing that. But the reality is the majority of priests would welcome. OK, but in, in a democracy, though, is he not mm. entitled to his point of view? Should we not be in a position to listen to everybody, even if we don't agree with them, rather than for Absolutely. him to be, uh, you know, yeah. people calling for him to resign or to, to be fired or to be excommunicated? Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I, I like, I, and that's not what I meant when I spoke with Sarah, the reporter, uh, with that. I, I think, like, if it's hate speech, and if it, and I thought the part of naming Leo Varadkar was disgraceful, he should apologise to him. That is shocking. And how dare he judge him? He didn't like, act. Just to be accurate on that, he right. he didn't name him. I think he was asked that question on air, and it mm. was brought up. Say, for instance, that there are mm. many people in all sorts of walks of lives who are gay, or soon to be Taoiseach is gay. Leo Varadkar. Right. Um, do you believe him to be a sinner? He was asked that question. Oh, is that it? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, even that. You know, I think uh, who like to set yourself up as the judge. I do, I just think that's not the church that I feel I belong to. Mm, mm. None of us are in a position. Do you, to judge and do anyone. you feel? Do you fear that it would, that his beliefs would boost the views of the far right, for instance, which which can be quite intolerant? Because like you, you mentioned that it could potentially be a hate crime. But he, his views represent a group, and I know a priest who would share his views. And they're entitled to those views. But do they represent... Like, I think what was very telling also was at the Synod, which included people from all over Ireland, thousands of people, their views did not represent, represent that outlook. Mm. Their views, they wanted gay people to be welcomed. They want, they want a more welcoming, open church. And the, those were the traditional Catholics who would take part in the Synod. You know, there were the mass-going people who, who gave their views, who took part. So, it's But what about those that do agree with him, though? Even letters in the Irish Times this morning, yes. or, or an email to me from Stephen in Balancholic. I'm confused listening to this topic. Is mm. Father Sean Sheehy not correct? Abortion is sinful, and promoting it, which is what the government is doing, is a sin in the eyes of the church. I'm actually flabbergasted to hear people go to a church and only learned recently that abortion is a sin. If they don't like that fact, perhaps don't go to a Catholic church. But like, does, does your faith depend alone on just one thing? You know, it's not. Like there's some people who have a belief in God and who struggle over all that area. You know, so that, does that mean that they're denied being part of the church? Mm, no, I suppose, I suppose that people who would agree with him would say that it's the Catholic church needs to clean up its act and stop having kind of laissez-faire, uh, you know, guidance, and they need to 
nail it down once and for all. Not being yeah, all a la carte. Talk about love and forgiveness. You know, it's tedious, isn't it? You know, that's like that's what Jesus did. Like the woman caught in adultery, Jesus didn't condemn her. You know, and I think the church should be robust in having our views on morality because it is confusing out there. And I think in the area of handing out free condoms, there's young, vulnerable people. You know, is, is that right? I don't know. But the, but the church's actual traditional doctrine would be that, you know, sex is only for procreation. Sex is not um, um, allowed before or outside marriage, yeah? And that's why we're learning an awful lot more. Our understanding of the human person, like sex is beautiful and it's meant to be in a loving situation. And that's, uh, uh, I think, a lovely doctrine of the church and we should promote it. But like condemning people is not promoting a very positive outlook on sexuality. Yeah, because why should a person's sexuality define them as a person? Yeah. They're still good people, they're still kind people. Um, That's right. But they're deemed so, to be sinners in the eyes of God. By some. By some, I don't think... Like, if you read the Gospel and read the message of Jesus, I didn't see Jesus condemning any gay person, any transgender person. Okay, so yeah. are, are you of those um, within the Catholic Church who believe that priests should be allowed to marry, that women should be allowed to be priests? Neil, we just had a survey, and uh, there was a piece in the Irish Times now that Patsy McGarry had on yesterday about the survey. Like, there are 2,650 2, churches in Ireland. Um, there's 1,355 parishes. Uh, one second, now, there's 2,000... What you're going to tell me is there ain't enough priests. We're a dying breed. Where, like, if you had shares, just sell them in, in the ordained male clergy. But like, there are thousands of, of women and men who serve in parishes, do great work. So the, the old church that we, that we knew yeah, yeah. is gone. You want it dragged into the 21st century? Well, I'd, something new was coming. And like, I, if we believe in God, God is leading us. And that's what the Synod is about. Pope Francis is saying, we listen, we come together, and from that something will emerge. And like, the faith... Actually, this, inc- this incident has shown like, how much people are engaged still in the issue. Divided, know, divided by it. I mean, even well, on yesterday's well, programme, there are those that would be traditional Catholics who believe he is right. Uh, even mm-hmm. looking at the newspapers this morning, letters to the yeah. editor, a lot of the online text they're getting would be in support mm-hmm. of him, saying the world yeah. has gone mad, we're going to hell in a handcart, we need to get a grip. Well, that's... I don't think... Change is difficult. You know, it's... it's uh, and saying that we go back to the old way I, you know, I think that's not going to happen. Okay, okay. Father Tim, thanks for taking the call. Father Tim Hazelwood. Pick up the phone, text 0868104106, back after 11. 104 to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Phone lines are, op- phone lines are open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. A lot of text still coming on on this. Uh, the priest in Kerry should be respected for his opinion in this overly PC world. Uh, why is the priest getting such a hard time for expressing his beliefs and to what he has dedicated his life to? This man should be praised, not punished. So it's quite interesting. 
both sides actually uh, involved in the debate on this programme and indeed online. I mean, if I were to say, is it 50-50, it's not. But there are a certain amount of people who believe that the teachings of the church, church should not be a la carte, that it needs to be of the Bible and our, not our interpretation of the Bible, but what the Bible actually says. Happy to say I have Father Sean Sheehy by phone. Father Sean, good morning. Good morning. Can I ask you, just with the benefit now of a few days since the homily, have, have, mm-hmm. you, have you sat down at all and, and thought through what you said and wondered, could you have said it differently? Is there anything that you would have changed? There's nothing that I would have changed. Nothing that I would change. I mean, before I, before I give a homily myself, I mean, I, I spend a whole week reflecting on it, reflecting on the scriptures and reflecting on the teaching of the church before I put it together. So, so that to make sure that, uh, that first of all, that what I'm, what I'm giving is, is actually what the scriptures say and what the church teaches, not my opinion. Mm, mm. So, uh, so yes, there's nothing in it that I would change. Of course, everything can be said differently, you know, uh, give, give, given uh, different circumstances. But as I said, but you wouldn't uh, have said nothing. it any differently. You wouldn't have changed anything about what you said. No, I would not really. No, no. no. So, but, but you're aware of what I can only describe as a backlash against you. Oh, of course, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, having worked all my life in America, I mean, there were lots of backlashes because, first of all, Catholics were a minority, and secondly, we were being uh, uh, constantly. Uh, accused of all kinds of, of heresies and whatnot. So I was perfectly used to backlashes. Mm. But in this day and age that we live in now, which is very different from where maybe the Bible was coming from thousands of years ago, the world has changed dramatically. Um, surely you must appreciate that, that people leave, live different lives. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But you know what hasn't changed? Humanity hasn't changed. The word of God hasn't changed. But what is humanity if it's not respect for fellow man? Humanity humanity actually is following in the steps of Jesus Christ because he is the perfect human. And I said, we have to measure our humanity against his. He is the standard. And it is he who actually calls us uh, to imitate him so that we can uh, be fully alive and so that also we can prepare for eternal life. Okay, okay. But I mean, for instance, your interpretation of Jesus Christ and mine, I'm a big fan of Jesus Christ, but I, I don't have the same interpretation of Jesus as, as you do. Uh, like, I don't believe that Jesus would have a problem with somebody who was gay. I, I mean, my interpretation of Jesus <laughs> is that he would be an all-loving Jesus, a non-judgmental how, uh, Jesus. Of course he's all-loving Jesus. Of course he's all-loving of course, he's all loving, but love uh, calls a person to obey God's commandments. God is love. He is the source of love. And Jesus certainly, I mean, the, ch- the church, as I've said many times, has no problem with people who have a gay orientation. What the church condemns is the sin of sodomy, which is a sexual relationship between two men and two women. That's the sin of sodomy. And so, therefore, and the same thing is true, actually, with anyone who enters into a sexual relationship outside of marriage between a man and a woman. God created sex for marriage. But, and God, cre- God created marriage, not the state. Yes, but so therefore, people who are gay can be gay as long as they don't practice um, gay sex and live, their, and live their lives miserably, uh, uh, denying their feelings. 
<laughs> you see, you're saying now, you see, that people have to have sex in order to really enjoy life. Let me tell you something. There, there are plenty of people, actually, who have embraced a celibate life and are far happier than people who are constantly engaged in, in sex you know, in all kinds of situations. I mean, that's... that's well, not that's in all kinds of... I mean, you're, you're talking not. about promiscuity. I didn't mention no, that. Yeah, I, 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 I am talking about that. And the fact is, you see, that sin is sin. So whether two people say they love each other or not, if they engage in something that's forbidden by God, then that's a sin. But, how do, but how, do you, how do we know that? I mean, many people who have been contacting me said that the Bible was written by men, not Jesus, oh, nor God. You see, that, that, that is what is so, uh, I mean, sometimes I just laugh when I hear that, it's written by men. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Inspired, but it's, not, not it's, written by, the interpretation of it is it, It's inspired by God who actually inspired them in terms of what he wanted to communicate to his people so they could be saved from their sin. That's what the Bible is about. You know? And the church, then founded by Jesus, was tasked with continuing Jesus' mission, which was to bring the good news that redemption is possible if we repent and seek forgiveness for our sins. That's the good news. Yeah, yeah. But to catalogue somebody as a sinner um, in the same way as somebody, because, of course, there was a time before homosexuality was decriminalised where a gay person could be jailed or, or lose their job, um, I mean, do you believe that that law should have been changed back then when it no, was? I mean, I, see, I, uh, I mean, I, I think that I think that law actually was, uh, was not against a person who had a gay orientation. I think it was against, it was against the sin of sodomy. That's where the law was. I, mean, I saw that myself uh, in America in some states. That was the law there. That it was a law to against sodomy, uh, and so and again, it was a law against sin. Uh, but the, the fact is, you see that. <laughs> I mean, how many times actually when, when a young when a young man called me, you know, two days ago, and he said, "Look, I have a, a same-sex attraction." He said, "But I want to thank you." He said, "Because when I when I uh, listened to you, he said it encouraged me." He said to embrace celibacy because I do want to save my soul. But that's a living a life in fear, because you're it's just living a life. You're, 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 you are you're, you're going to have an, you're going to have an awful life on this planet. But thinking that you're this. putting your chance of heaven in jeopardy. Of course. Did you ever hear that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is fear of the Lord? Did you ever hear that? But I don't want to live in fear. I want to live in we a have world. To live. Of course we have. Yeah. But living in fear it actually motivates us to make sure that we don't transgress the law of God. It's the very same as a child being afraid of their parents. It's not a, it's not a fear that paralyzes us. But it's a, a fear that helps us to make sure that we are doing what is necessary in order to achieve what is important to us. But, John, surely... God isn't that cruel that he would condemn millions of people like that. God is that cruel? Not at all. Like the first reading this past Sunday said, God is, a, is abounding in mercy. His love is unconditional. But also he prods us, he continually admonishes us to repent and to seek forgiveness so that we can be the beneficiaries but, of his love. Okay, but I spoke yesterday and have texts and emails from people whose son or daughter is, is gay. Um, or indeed okay. divorced or in a same-sex okay. relationship. And they would have regarded themselves as being Christian and many of them Catholics. And they feel awfully let down and some of them are angry but very upset about your views about their sons and daughters who, are, be- who are beautiful people. 
But you see what you have to understand. It's not my views. It's not my views. You know, I didn't write the Ten Commandments. No, but, you know, but I did, there were, there were 2,000 years ago. On, the world no, has changed me. in so many ways it's, since then. You see, you, your statement that the world has changed. The world you have changed, but the Word of God hasn't changed. And that's what we need to realize. But isn't and that the problem the, with the Catholic Church? That No, no, no. You're wrong there because the Church, by its very nature, is countercultural. The Church recognizes the good things in the culture but condemns the bad things in the culture. That's the job of the church. See, what people are trying to do today is they're trying to change the church to suit their own lifestyle. No. And that's trying to change the teaching of Jesus Christ. No, no, I mean, I don't, I'm not so sure that that is the case. I mean, the, 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 case. the life that was being led by people 2,000 years ago is hugely different to the modern world and the challenges of the modern world. The challenges of the modern world... Including, including the fact that you talk from the pulpit about homosexuality or the lunacy of transgenderism or terminations of pregnancy. But there are a lot of other sins which many would regard as of much course, more, of much worse. The, sin, those, the, the what, sin of rape, the sin of murder, the sin of fraud. Many criminal, but, but you don't, you, don't, you, don't you, you seem to pick and choose the ones that... No, no, no. The, what I basically said was that, look, sin is, is embedded in the culture and it's enshrined in the legislation. Of course we all know that rape is a horrible crime. It's a horrible crime. We all know there are all kinds of other sins. There's adultery, there, there is violence, uh, there is fraud, there is theft, uh, there's also lies, there's, there's, there's well, you, you left all You left all of those out. Oh, no, I, no, I was simply talking about the, the sins that are enshrined in the legislation. And those are the sins, like, for example, uh, abortion is enshrined. It's a mortal sin, it's enshrined in the legislation. Same-sex marriage is a sin of sodomy. But, who, but who are any of us? Who are, in, who are, in the but who are any of us to tell a woman who has very different reasons? Not just one. It's people don't have terminations because they're an inconvenience. There are many different reasons as to why a woman would is, not be in a position to give birth. The, the, the fact is that God is the author of life, and that no one has the right to take innocent life deliberately. No one. But then why would you have sh- because, shook the hand the of why would you shake the hand of not, why would you shake the hand of Danny kill. why would you shake the hand of Danny Foley then when he took a, a young because, girl's because his mother called me to Safe. give a character witness of him and let, let me say this now you're you're totally out of line to bring him up you're, because you, you know here you are you're so self righteous and all the rest of that stuff. I don't, I don't, and you're bringing up, hold on one second hold on no, you're bringing up I'm talking an issue. about sin you're, hold on you're bringing up an issue that has nothing to do with the present issue we're talking about and I think that is yellow journalism on your part what, that what, is absolutely disgraceful what, 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 and what, you talk you what, talk hold on it? you talk about you talk about love and compassion what a hypocrite you are why would you say that? I mean, it, it, you're it, a hypocrite because you bring public. somebody who suffered and whose family suffered into an issue that has nothing to do with them whatsoever. And you talk about compassion. I'm not you talking don't know I'm about talk, compassion. I'm talking about the victim of a sexual. I'm talking about the victim of a sexual assault, father. I'm talking about he, a man who you, used you, extreme yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah, by, yeah, by the Are same token, yes. You're talking about the victim of sexual assault. Look, why I would you? Many, but, I, but why would you so, show compassion? I showed, I, his mother called what? me, I knew, the, I knew the guy myself, and his mother called me, would I give a character witness in terms of what I knew about him? I understand And that's that. exactly what I did. I understand that, but you don't talk about his victim. 
I'm a ta- his victim didn't talk to me. His victim, and you talk about his victim, you know, was, it, was this person really his victim? But anyway, yeah, that's not the no, point. No, no, hold on yeah, but that's second. disrespectful no, we're not, we're to the girl because she, excuse me, he sir, was found guilty me, in court. Excuse me, sir, we're not talking about this situation. We're okay. talking about what I said in the homily. Yeah, and about compassion, said, though, about I, compassion. Don't, don't, don't be hypocritical and talk about compassion when you bring in somebody's name concerning something that happened years ago and that's already dealt with and for which the man suffered himself. And that's, that's in but the past. But suffered. Don't me. be bringing something in like that. I said, that's yellow journalism. No, no, no it's not. It isn't. It, it is. It is, it is talking. And you don't, even, you don't even see it, do you? you yourself that's the problem with the media the media have an agenda and they're constantly trying to undermine the church and the church's teaching and i tell you something as a priest of the church neither you nor anybody else will intimidate me and prevent me i'm not intimidating I didn't, I didn't want yes, to you are. no i didn't yes, and you are. no i mean you are entitled to your views and there are those well, that thank you so them. much yeah, for that privilege thank you so much no, no but there's so, no there's no need to be sarcastic so nice about it there's that's no so need nice to be sarcastic about it I mean, I'm not sarcastic. I'm not sarcastic at all. I'm just saying that is so nice of you to to allow me that freedom to express myself. That's fascinating. No, I'm talking about in, you, I'm look, talking about love you, and understanding, not just picking and the choosing what are you the about things. Love that, and understanding. That's a bunch of bull coming it's not from you. Bull, because, it's not. It's because, just, you, because you have now identified. Someone who has already suffered, who has nothing to do with the present situation. No, it, but that it has to do. Journalism. It has to do with compassion, uh, oh, forgiveness, compassion. You talk understanding. About it. You you don't even understand compassion. Compassion does not mean enabling a person to go to hell because nobody calls the person on the fact that they're doing something that leads them to hell. No. That's the greatest compassion. That's what Ezekiel says. Ezekiel says in the Old Testament, uh, which, who is inspired by God, he said, if you see somebody doing wrong, or you hear somebody doing wrong, and you do nothing about it. But gay and people, but gay people the, do an awful lot Listen, of right. And if, if somebody dies in their sin, then you're responsible for their sin. That's the fact. That we're doing That's them, the that we do them a favor to tell them that they're sinners and that they need to repent or they will go to heaven. Hell, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. you're doing them a favor exactly when you tell them they're sinning and they need to repent and ask forgiveness in order to go to heaven. You're actually doing them a favor because you're helping them to save their immortal souls. Some would question whether or not whether you're engaging in hate speech, though. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, look at the culture we live in, you know, where people now can't even stand in the street, you know, and express themselves close to an abortion clinic, you know. What is that? What is that for an agenda again? You see, because they don't have a sound enough argument to, to, to justify the horrible crime of abortion. So now they're even stopping people from trying to encourage others not to have an abortion. In other words, they're trying to stop people from encouraging people to respect life in the womb. I mean, what kind of a culture is that? What kind of a, of, a, of a government is that? How does a gay person actually seek forgiveness and repent in your eyes? Through, Where through and from who? Through the sacrament of reconciliation. That's why Jesus gave that sacrament to his church. What does that actually mean in layman's terms? That in layman's terms, it actually means that the person comes to a priest and he says he says he's as he's truly repentant and he asks the priest to forgive him and I guarantee you there is no priest who will not forgive that person because that's why Jesus gave that, ch- that sacrament to the church 
Do you think that you've done damage to the Catholic Church, though, because of this? Others would think you have, including... How could I have done damage to the Catholic Church? Because all all I'm giving is what the Church herself has taught for the last 2,000 years and still teaches today for anyone who wants to bother to embrace it. But we all have to update our thinking. Even the the Pope... I don't know why you're laughing at me. Even the Pope himself has said some very um, uh, interesting things with regards to same-sex couples... Uh, but you know unions. what he said? Uh, he, you know what he also said? Do you know what he also said? He said, you can't bless sin. He said, they are children he of said, God and nobody should be thrown out or made miserable over of it. Of course not. Nobody is thrown out. Nobody is thrown out at all. But the fact is that if we're going to follow Jesus Christ, then we do so on his conditions, not on ours. Yeah. Are you aware of what Leo Varadkar has said since uh, he was identified um, I have no, sin- no, I don't know. I as, don't know. It was identified as you as, as a sinner. He said, um, as Pope Francis said, who are we to judge? Judge not, lest you be judged. We're all God's children. He actually yeah. went so far to say that he respects your right to express your religious beliefs freely, but does not believe that he is going to hell. But what we are, well, that, that's, I mean, that's his belief, but I, I hate to say that the day he dies, he will find out differently if he doesn't repent. Because, because that whole statement, judge not unless you judge yourself, has to do with judging the person. What I'm talking about is judging the action. Okay. It's judging the action is sinful. I'm not judging any person. I never mentioned any person's name or any individual. I'm talking about the action itself that's sinful and has to be judged as sinful. And when we, when we die as sinners then and don't go to heaven, we go to hell. What is your interpretation of that? Hell is a total separation uh, from God's love. God created everyone to enjoy his love. But sin means we reject God's love. And so when we die unrepentant and unforgiven, then we enter eternity having rejected in, God's love. In spite and, we of, stay, and we stay in that state of uh, deprivation of God's love uh, for which we were created, which, of course, uh, w- there's no way to blame but ourselves. And as a result of that, then, we experience the ultimate suffering of having passed up something that we were created for but we denied it through our own decisions in spite of all of the good that that person might have done in their life all through their life because of their sexuality that will condemn them that's exactly what condemned them as well yeah doesn't sound cruel to you no, look, <laughs> cruel to me. Look, Christianity, I mean, G.K. Chesterton said, you know, that, that uh, Christianity, he said, has, has, n- has not uh, been found wanting, but it has been tried and found too hard. Of course, we li- us human beings, you know, we're prone to sin. We're also prone to self-indulgence and self-glorification. And as a result of that, then, when God calls us to uh, change our ways, as he said himself, reform, he said, repent and believe in the gospel. That's what Jesus said. And will you be repenting anytime soon? I mean, have you had a conversation? I repent all the time. I repent all the time. Do you repent for the hurt you've caused people by what you said? I repent. I certainly repent for any hurt that I might have caused. Absolutely, I repent for that. I pray for that every day. And for people that I might have hurt without even knowing it, I ask the Lord but to forgive me every day. But what about the people that you have hurt over the past few days? But the fact is that I, if I have hurt them, then it's the word of God that has hurt them. 
Not me, deliver, not me directly. It's the Word of God. My job is to preach the Word of God in season, out of season, convenient or inconvenient. That's it. it. I mean, did you, you ever ask yourself, why was Jesus nailed to the cross? Why was he nailed to the cross? Because he spoke God's truth and he would not deviate from it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The God or the Jesus that I knew uh, or know is is full of love and compassion, understanding, humanity, why, forgiveness, I, I, generosity. I, I did, why, did, why? You didn't answer my question. Why was Jesus nailed to the cross? I don't remember. I mean, of course I you don't remember I, because it's not convenient for you to remember, not, is it? I'm not saying that. I said I don't remember often reading or hearing about uh, Jesus going about uh, talking about. Um, you, you know, didn't it, answer issue, my, you still haven't answered my question. Issues why that you spoke did Jesus die? Why did? Why was Jesus nailed to the cross? Why? Tell me. Because he had a narrative and an, had an agenda that didn't suit others. Oh, oh, wow, wow. Well, the church has a narrative as well that doesn't suit others. But like the people in Jesus' time who tried to intimidate him, the same people tried to intimidate the church today. Okay. Um, what about gay priests and gay nuns? Or priests that were engaged in paedophile activity down through the generations? Are they all, well, going, are they all, are they all going to hell? Well, if they, had, if they didn't repent, guarantees. Okay. Guarantees. And w- what of yourself with the Bishop of Kerry? Will you be banned from saying Mass now? Or is there any... Yeah, well, he, what he said to me was, he said that uh, he was going to cancel me from saying Mass until the local pastor comes back because he was away uh, on, uh, on a pilgrimage. So what happens after that? I really don't know. Well, it's the second time now because it happened to Castle Gregory as well. Well, you, you know why it did? Because basically I was uh, a character witness. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I tell you what again, what did Bishop Murphy do? He again kowtowed to all those who complained. Instead of standing up and saying, look, he, he was just simply giving a witness to what he knew about this person. That was it. But did he say that? No, he ran. He ran, and he thought that he would save his own back, you see, by telling me that I was not, no longer to stay in the parish. The same thing is happening now. The same thing is happening. And how do the people you know, of somebody, Listowel feel about it? I have no idea how the people... Well, the people of Listowel, you know, you see a majority there, for example, you know, who voted for abortion. So what does that say about the people? But I can tell you this... Well, some people you know, walked out, but others, others didn't. They didn't, and actually, actually, uh, uh, Tuesday morning, when when uh, I, I mentioned the fact that there were people now who were upset and they were going to write a letter to the bishop, and I said, I challenge any of you to show me where what I said contradicted the scriptures, contradicted the teaching of the church. And you know what? There was a standing ovation in the church. So that shows you that there are a clear number of people who want to know what the church actually teaches, and to give them that. And so my approach always has been, I'm going to tell you exactly what the church teaches. Now, you can decide to embrace it, yeah, I know. or you can decide uh, to reject it. I that's know, your but choice. those that reject it, reject it because you're living in a world that's 2,000 years ago. That's why. <laughs> that's why they reject- I'm living oh, no, in a no, world that's 2,000 years. Do listen to it. You are. I, I, I'm living up to the, I'm, the Word of God it belongs to no age. The Word of God transcends all ages. The Word of God, as Jesus himself said, I will be with my church until the end of time. The Word of God is going to continue to the end of time. But you see, what's interesting is that the Word of God does not suit 
human beings who want to sin, who want to be self-indulgent, and who want to glorify themselves. What's that is to do with promiscuity outside marriage, is it? Um, having sex well, isn't a that's sin. That's all part of it. That's all, it's like, for example, it's all, that's all part of it, isn't it? It's like the HSC sending out a van to, to provide condoms yes. to teenagers, yes. which is actually promoting promiscuity. No, it's not. It's saying that of if you're... Of course it if, is. If Where are you? No, what I'm, world I'm, are you I'm living here, in? I'm in, tw- I'm in 2022. It's saying... Not, it's <laughs> not promiscuity. Right. It's just saying if you are going to have sex, have safe sex. It's oh, not saying, is, here's a condom, go and have sex. There's, there's no such thing as safe sex, for goodness sake. Yes, there I mean, is. That, 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 you see, you're living in 22. Maybe that's your problem. You know, maybe you ought to go back a little bit and and find out. You know what sex is really all about. To say to a, to say to a teenager, I'm going to give you a condom. Then it's safe sex. That means that you're removing all responsibility because you're eliminating all consequences. That's not sexual health. But that's sex, sex is more. Sex, sex is more than having babies, Father Sean. Oh, sex is more than having babies. The primary purpose of sex is procreation. It's a, it's primary a, purpose. It's, well, it's it's one of the consequences or it, the it's results. Not of, one of the consequences. It's not the only. But it's not the only people. It's not the only reason people have sex. Here you're coming again. Here you obviously not. But here you're coming again, saying it's one of the it's one of the consequences. That's a lot of bull. The whole purpose of sex created by God is for procreation of children, and that's it. Well, why is it that's a pleasure? Well, then why is it a pleasurable act then? Of course, it's a pleasurable act in order to uh, encourage husbands and wives to participate in it. And as a husband and wife, it also symbolizes their bond between the two of them. So is sex outside marriage a mortal sin that people will go to hell Of course it is. Of course it is. So we have... Just like adultery. And and unless we plead for forgiveness now for sex outside marriage, which many, many, many people weren't aware was a sin and a mortal sin that you go to hell, there's an awful lot of people in trouble now. You're absolutely right. And you know why? Precisely because there has been, there has been uh, either as a result of fear on the part of clergy to preach about sin from the pulpit. Because as a priest said to me not too long ago, he said, you know, today, he said, you can't preach the gospel because it might offend somebody. That's why you hear nothing about sin. And that's why, but, people, that's why people are lost, because they're lost but, in but, ignorance. But what happens when we all go to heaven and we all meet other people of other religions who are also in, I assume, the same heaven, but they would have different religious beliefs and different understandings and different tolerances to Catholicism. Jesus, There'll be chaos then. Hold on with it. Jesus himself said, nobody comes to the Father except through me. So whoever will be saved, and we don't know who's going to be saved. That's why we, we pray for everyone uh, at Mass. Uh, Whoever is going to be saved can only be saved through, with, and in Jesus Christ, whether it's during their life or whether or not at the moment of death. The moment of death, they will have an opportunity to say yes or no to Jesus Christ. It but doesn't... Jesus himself said, and you know what Jesus said? As you live, he said, so shall you die. Yeah. That's the scripture. That's yeah. the gospel. Judge. What was the point? He, what was <laughs> okay, the point? Judge not lest you be judged. Judge not lest you be judged. As I've said before, me, I don't judge. I don't judge the person. I judge the action. Big so, difference. Okay. Um, the Association of Catholic Priests of Ireland has urged the bishop to ban you from celebrating mass. The association. He, the association. They of are Catholic appalled by what Ireland. you said. The, the Association of Catholic Priests in Ireland are following in the footsteps of Judas. In what way? 
They have, they have betrayed the church because again, they're going along with a woke culture, trying to change the church to suit their own agenda. Is that woke culture, the, the lunatic, the lunacy of transgenderism where people are struggling? It. It, promotes, it, it promotes it. Yeah. Um, and, and you think that is the woke lunacy of transgenderism of course it is. the of course PC it is. world. Of course it is. Yeah. So you, want, you, you want the world the whole, to be very matter of fact, very black and white with a set no, of rules like the, whole, the rules look, of the road look, and you transgress, you're in trouble. Why do you think God gave us the Ten Commandments? Why do you think we have rules of the road? It's, it's to keep us safe. <laughs> God gave us the Ten Commandments to keep us safe so that we might enter heaven. I mean, if you were on a football team and there were no rules, you think, well, you think what would happen? In your own organization, you have rules. And if you break them, what happens to you? Yeah. So we should all live by the Ten Commandments alone. We should. Right. Absolutely, we should live by the Ten Commandments. Okay. And where is, it, where is it in the Ten Commandments then about termination of pregnancy or transgenderism or same-sex marriage or homosexuality? You must not kill. You must not kill. You must not commit adultery. You must not, you must not uh, reject the law of nature because transgenderism is a total rejection of the law of nature. Mm, okay. Well, what if, what if this re- leads to people who are gay actually feeling unsafe? Well, it's their choice, isn't it? But the fact is, what are they feeling? Who are they uh, feeling unsafe from? from? Those that have a hatred of homosexuality. And I, I don't have a f- hatred of homosexuality. I never, you're putting words in my mouth again. Typical media, isn't it? <laughs> typical media. Yeah, I'm, I'm not typical I media. Said, you, I never said I hated homosexuals. I know people who are. And, and, and I, homosexuality, and I not the homosexual. You would hate the act of gay sex. Yeah, exactly. I hate the sexual act between two men, two women, just like I would hate the sexual act between a married man or a married woman and somebody to whom they're not married. Same so principle. We, we'll watch for the next chapter in this. What are you expecting to happen next? Would you I, like to continue to say Mass? I don't, well, I mean, I celebrate Mass here at home. I'm not saying that. And I'm pe- saying in a public setting in a Catholic come, and church. people come by. People come by. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, are you expecting not to be able to say Mass again? Will you, will you retire if, if that's the case? Well, I am retired, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am retired. But as a priest, you never retire because you're always called upon to bring the Word of God to others. But if this is a consequence of you not being allowed to say Mass in a church before, um, you're... You're happy with that? Yes, if, if that's look, that's the bishop's authority. That's the bishop's prerogative. That's fine, you see. But uh, I mean, I feel sorry in a sense because here again, like you said yourself, you know, people are in sin, but they don't know what. No, no, what no. I, I, did, I didn't sin. say it. I don't believe people yes, to did. be in yes, sin. Yes, you no, did. No, yes, didn't. you did. No, yes, saying, you did. I'm saying it most. Said be, I said it is the case then that many, no, many no, people. You, no, no, no. Who had you sex said outside yourself, of marriage are in trouble. There are many people who are doing something wrong, but they don't know it's a sin. You said that yourself. No, I'm picking up on a point that you said. I asked of you a question you about whether or not everybody, Look. including me, who had sex before marriage Look. and who had sex because it wasn't for procreation but for pleasure, we're going to hell. I didn't say sex for procreation, but just for pleasure. There's pleasure involved in sex as well. But the primary purpose of sex is procreation. That's what I said. 
See, here you're trying to twist it around to suit your own agenda, no, don't not. you? I'm not. Yes, you are. Be honest with yourself, for goodness sake. Okay, I'll be you're honest typical, with myself. Typical media. Okay. Typical media in this country. Okay. And that's why priests, actually, are afraid to speak the full word of God because they're afraid of the backlash. They're afraid of the fact that they won't be I, supported by their bishops and I'm so not on engaging in anything like that. I'm trying to have a conversation with you and trying no, to bring up topics know, yeah, within the conversation. You're basically trying to twist it around to your own that's not uh, my agenda. persuasion, whatever that is. That You're is not a... even a good reporter as such. Okay, well, let's leave it on that point then, that I'm okay, not a good fine. reporter. Thank you, Sean. Goodbye. I appreciate you taking God the call you. all the same, though. Thank you. God bless you, and okay. I certainly keep you in my prayers. Well, thank you for that. That, that you will benefit from the grace of repentance and forgiveness that the Lord lavishly offers to us. To, to call us to stop sinning and to be graceful people. God okay. bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Much obliged. Father Sean Sheehy. Text 0868104106. Your thoughts on that? Pick up the phone 0818104106. We're back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Courts Red FM. Two time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Text 0868-104-106. As I say, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Alan standing by, so is Kevin James first. James, good morning. And Neil. Well, that was a, an interesting uh, debate with uh, yeah. In- Interesting is a, is a good word to use. Yes, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yes. I, I, I would be supportive of Father Sheehy. Uh, Neil, yeah. as a yeah. as a traditionist, as a conservative Catholic, there must be room for us as well. Neil, you know, we Shouts can't be excluded. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. But but shouting people down, or you know, I mean, it's it's not really the proper way to get your message across, is it? Well, you see, when, when you're talking about the LGBT community, actually, what I want to say about Leo Bradcon is I have to commend him for his very statesmanlike reply. To Father uh, Sheehy. That's his official uh, reply. I'd wonder how he feels personally, though. Well, no, this is what I, what I read, that he's, he disagrees with it, which he's entitled to do, but he also said he's entitled to his beliefs and he's entitled to express them. He says, he, he says I respect his right to express his religious beliefs freely, um, but yes. do not believe that gay people will go to hell for who they are, yes. nor yes. do I believe that any man or woman can make such a judgment. In fact, Simon Coveney went further. He said, they are a reflection on the person that made those comments, rather than a reflection on anything else and he said that Father Sheehy's comments were disgraceful Well, uh, Leo Bradker is a far more democratic attitude, Neil he's a, he's a true democrat, he believes that a person is entitled to their view and entitled to speak it and that's what, I, I wouldn't take any notice of what Simon Coleman said, Not a, I have no time for him uh, but Leo Bradker, yes, I will commend him for his, uh, his, uh, his attitude it was a good attitude, it was an immature in, I, I, I'm really not surprised because he's an intelligent man, Dr. Bradker is an intelligent man, he's a doctor, he's highly educated and he, he replied in, the, in, a, in a democratic fashion he said, okay. yeah, okay. the priest, I don't agree with him. I, I, I have no problem with him not agreeing with it, but he said he's a right to speak. Okay, why do you, why do you make excuses then for Father um, Sean? You say, remember his age, remember he came from practicing his Catholicism in Baton Rouge. Yes, yes, they were, as you know, Neil, they would have a different style there, that that's quite acceptable in places like that in the southern states. They have that type of style of preaching. Uh, I'd have no problem but, sitting but, in the church. But, 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 but maybe we're a lot more tolerant than people in the southern states. 
who would be quite um, heavy-handed when it comes to homosexuality, uh, sex outside of marriage, um, termination of pregnancy, as we saw recently in America. The southern states would be very, very right-wing in many of those ways. Yes, yes, and they're not entitled to be right-wing, Neil. No, I'm not saying that, but that you would come over here then and think that what you can say there will automatically transfer to here, where we have a much more probably open more or more inclusive approach to everything. We've shown that over the past 20 or 30 years with referendums and less legislative right. changes to embrace everybody. Being gay well, does not make you a bad person. If you're, if you're talking about tolerance, Neil, and acceptance, and that's something you hear a lot from the That's LGBT. all very well for people to talk about tolerance and acceptance. But if you really believe that, then walk in everybody else's shoes before yes. we judge anybody. If I could just make a point, Neil, before I leave you. Uh, if the LGBT talk about tolerance, inclusive, acceptance. They are an extremely intolerant community. You know what has happened to J.K. Rowling. Now, J.K. Rowling had the temerity, imagine, when she was asked the question, what qualifies you to be a woman? And she said, you have to be born a woman. She could paper the wall in her house with the death threats she has received from the LGBT. She's had to inform the police many times of, of the serious threats that have been made to her by the LGBT. That's how tolerant that they are, doesn't mean that every single lesbian, gay, transsexual uh, person has sent a death threat to J.K. Rowling. Oh, many of them feel. Many of them oh, have. There would be a fringe, a proportion of them would be oh, quite... Oh, very high profile. Two very high profile yeah, gentlemen but, in the in the, in but, the music world. Uh, but, what they call it? Jedward? Jedward attacked her regularly on RT and on, on the Late Late Show. Yeah, so yeah. so, uh, so they, don't, they don't know about... Tal- also, when it comes to transgenderism, our own Cork athlete, Sonia Sullivan, wrote on the Irish Times that she does not accept trans women participating in female sports. Or words to that effect, yeah. Yes, and no, they're not allowed, as you know. They're not nothing allowed to, to, do with, not allowed nothing to do with their sexuality, though, just their ability to perform yes. better. Yeah, she got that, a backlash for that, but a lot of people agree with her. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, okay, let, said, me, um, let me talk to Alan and Kevin. Finish up if you have one point to make, Kevin. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't take up any more. I, want to, I don't want to hold up other people. Thanks, Thanks uh, a lot. Neil. Thanks, James. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding. What are your thoughts? I'm listening. Um, so we'd say, I think, I know you have to give that um, priest airtime because you have to give both sides of an argument. Um, that, that yeah, man, no, no, man you, an, I'd give him an opportunity to be heard. You know? That man is an absolute disgrace. He will actually, the, the Catholic Church in this country is dying anyway, and he will actually put another nail in the coffin. Like, if you are born in Ireland, you're predominantly going to be Catholic. If you're born in the Middle East, you're predominantly going to be Muslim. If you're born in India, you might be a Buddhist. No, your religion is determined. If you're born in parts of Pennsylvania, you could be a Mormon. Your, your, your religion is determined by where you live. Okay. okay. When you're born, you're baptized. You're not asked. You're baptized because your parents believe that's what should happen for you. It's not by choice, you're not. They don't enroll you in the local soccer club or GA club or rugby club. They sign you up to the Catholic Church Club. Is what they so do. how is he disgraced then? You either follow how the rules he, of the he, Catholic Church or go find another religion. Yes, but this is where I'm going with it. So if you don't believe in his Catholic Church and Jesus, then you're not going to hell. It's simple. If you don't believe in what he believes in, then you're not going to hell. 
Because we're all chasing the same God. According to him, we're not. According to him, there's only his God. But Buddhists believe they have their God. Muslims believe they have their God. So, but go, he, if, yeah, I mean, if you I, don't I, believe in what he. If you don't believe in what he's saying, then you're not going to hell. Okay, it's, but, it's, it's, it's quite simple. But if you believe yourself to be following his, or the Catholic uh, and Christian interpretation of Jesus, you have to follow the rules. Yeah, but Neil, if you think about it, there. Um, Basic genetics will tell you that um, there was not a six-foot blonde man living in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. Oh, well, I know Didn't that. Happen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Didn't happen. You know, if you've been to the Vatican, you see what they have there and they're preaching about giving to the poor. You know, it's like, it's it's made up. It's, like, it's made up. It's It's made up to control people. And now people don't want That's to fine. Control. But it's fine for people to believe it to be made up or a book of fiction or whatever else you want to believe, right? But for those who follow the Bible are indeed the word of God, as supposedly is in the Bible. You can't be a la carte about it. Nor, and he would say, nor can the Catholic Church. We have to follow the message. Yes, but it's like you said, it's a book that was written 2,000 years ago. Well, my, my worry about that is that it is stuck 2,000 years ago and we live in very different challenging times. In many ways, better. I think Tim, Tim Hazelwood put the point earlier, you know, we have improved vastly when it comes to uh, medicine or, you know, in, 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 in saving lives. We Technologically, we're in a different world. I know we have our challenges, don't get me wrong. But how relevant is the Bible to 2022? It's not. Okay, okay. It's not relevant. And he's not relevant. And he's been given a... Like, I'm not religious, but he's been given a forum to to preach. It is hate speech. Well, he would like, say it's just what it says in the book. If he was if he was in a normal place of work, he would be fired. Okay, thank you for that. We'll pick it up after the break. Text 0868104106. What I don't get to today, I'll do tomorrow. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. Just one quick, quick call before uh, midday. Alan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I've only got about 90 seconds, unfortunately. What have you got for me? That's uh, all right. Well, I suppose, look, I was listening to uh, Sean there on the line. The only thing going through my head was uh, to, to quote the Bull McCabe, go home, Yank. But, um, As look, in go back it, to Baton Rouge, you mean? <laughs> look, um, right. look my, my point really is look the Catholic Church I mean everybody's got entitled entitled to a belief in a faith I've no issue with that whatsoever but the Catholic Church really come into the 21st century that man there was on about that um, being transgender wasn't natural and then on the other hand he says sex before marriage isn't isn't uh, right and all this kind of stuff but your sex is the most natural thing we could ever do you know I mean we're born to, to, to eat and to breathe essentially yeah um, and there'd, there'd be so, no issue if it was to get uh, to have a baby it's it's the uh, yeah, yeah, sex yeah, without procreation yeah, I mean, I mean, it, but if, if sex wasn't, we say, a casual act, then none of us would have been born, you know? Um, I mean, there was definitely sex well long before marriage ever existed. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, and the Catholic faith itself, I mean, at the end of the day, a faith is a faith. It's, 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 most of it is made up. I mean, the Catholic Church is a huge passive religion of, of many other religions. Um, I sent you a text about that there yesterday, I believe. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, that man has no place in, in modern day society. 
that's basically what I want to mm, say. Mm, you know? um, mm. I mean, fair enough, he's, he's entitled to his opinions and his views. That's grand. I'm sure majority of us will choose not to listen to it and not to follow it. Um, but as Kevin mentioned there earlier on, I mean, the Catholic Church is dying in this country and he's, he's just putting another nail in the coffin of some sort. Okay, thanks, Alan. We'll pick it up in the morning. Text 0868-104-106. You can always email neil at redfm.ie. We've a pair of tickets to give away for the opening night tonight of the Nutcracker at Cork Opera House. It's Cork City Ballet in association with the Opera House. Benchmark International presents the Nutcracker from tonight until the 5th. So phone lines are open for We have two pairs to give away for tonight for opening night and the lads will be telling that if you win them you need to pick them up here because they're for tonight's gig so pick up the phone on that 0818 104 106 that's it have a good day I'll see you tomorrow